Jewelry. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Good evening and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is January 8th, 2016. We're coming to you live from our studios, radio and television studios, located in beautiful northwestern Pennsylvania. We are heard live weekdays, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. here on Global Star Radio Network. You can watch us as well on YouTube and also Blog Talk Radio. We still stream there if you like their format as well. We are simulcast. All over, I just, uh, see, this is what happens with scripts, Dad. I don't like the scripts. Uh, you can go to our website, hagmanandhagman.com, and, uh, for radio show information, we are, uh, branching out and creating a second website. Well, it's created, and that is hagmanreport.com. Now, I'll let, uh, our special guest explain, um, which site will be used for, uh, what. Well, hi, folks. Uh, Doug Hagman here, uh, AWOL. I'm only going to be spending uh, this hour, and uh, that's it. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has written uh, emails. I'm, I haven't I've read many. I haven't responded to many. Uh, I'm just going to be back for uh, for the hour, uh, this hour, and a little bit of the next hour. Uh, I do have some things to take care of. I just want to say thank you for everyone who has reached out and said uh you know, as given regards, um, we've got a lot of feedback, yeah, yeah, and we thank everybody for it. And uh, I apologize for my absence. For for those of you just tuning in who don't know what happened, um, Wednesday morning uh, we had a situation where I was awakened at uh, actually four or five in the morning by my wife who was having severe chest and back pains and everything. I mean, having been a EMT, EMT, EMT instructor and paramedic for a number of years uh, in the 1970s, uh, you know, certainly it looked like a heart attack. And uh, uh, so she was taken by ambulance to the hospital. They did rule out a heart attack or, you know, no damage. Um, however, there's still some issues. So we're dealing with some issues right now. So, uh, um, uh, all in all, um, yeah, she's doing well. Yeah. She's doing well. And it's, uh, she actually kicked me out. <laughs> uh, she said, you got to get out for an hour and let people know you're still sucking air, you know? So no, from, uh, the, the time, uh, when the news came in and, and the potential emergency was, uh, ongoing to right now, it's a, uh, pretty much a complete change for yeah. the best. Yeah. And uh, as you said, there's still some ongoing questions, but the uh, uh, there is no immediate uh, danger right now. So, and we yeah. thank the Lord for that. Yeah, and until until about an hour and a half ago, I did not expect to be in in this chair. Um, and again, it was, it was my wife saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you're in my way." <laughs> not really, but but you know. So anyway, I want to thank you for uh, for your prayers and all of your support. It's you know it's something that uh, that, uh, that I'll talk about tonight. Uh, it kind of segues into what I do want to say about how things are taking place tonight and or how things are taking place and, and the status of the status of the world basically. And 
this is all very important, but before we get started, folks, I want to just let you know, portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by Nuts.com. Have you tried their nuts? Oh, my goodness. Holy cow. Nuts.com. You, you, you know, you walk through that, oh, maybe a carnival. I don't know. Maybe the city. Maybe Brooklyn. Maybe... San Francisco, Los Angeles, the big city. You, you, you know the, those stores at storefronts where they nuts roasting. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, nuts.com gives you that freshness delivered right to your door. Here's the deal, folks. And more on this later. But go to nuts.com, click on the microphone box there, and put in our super secret, or better stated, our super special. Radio code HH in the microphone box right there. If you're watching this live, thanks, Eric, for doing that. And you know what? You'll get a special treat just for Hagman and Hagman listeners. They did this for us. It's great. It's actually four packages, samples, free with your order. It's a $15 value. More on that later. Um, so glad to be with you again tonight. Um, again, however brief this is, but we got a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of news to get into, and I just want to take a few moments here. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for my absence, and, and uh, I, I apologize. You don't have to apologize yeah, for that. Well, it's uh, you know, something out of your hands, and, yeah. and you needed to do what was most important, and well, that's uh, take care of your family, and that's what you did. Well, so. yeah, yeah, and, and, and we're going to be, uh, you know, we, we had, and we do have great plans for 2016. And I want to tell you something. We, we are rolling out, and as Joe had mentioned, he, here's what's going on right now. So if you, if you go to our websites, any one of them, they may be a little bit hard to follow. Just bear with us. Hagman and Hagman.com. That's going to have the, uh, uh, the live streaming via YouTube right there. You can see it right there. Live streaming via YouTube. And also our video content as well as links to our audio content. That's on Hagman and Hagman.com. Hagman's so, report. Go ahead. So, um, to make it easier, if people want to watch the show, they just go to the website. Right. And while we're live, the, um, show will be streaming live on the website. That's correct. That is nice. And for those people who listen to the show, Global Star Radio Network, that's, that's the, that's our flagship Network station, or you can go to our website. That's right. Turn on the uh, video and shut your eyes. There you, you go. Want to listen? Yeah. And if you're driving and listening to this program, do so at your own risk in terms of shutting your eyes. But um, Global Star and, and all of the links are available in Hagman Hagman. Now Hagman Report is going to be um, the best way I would describe it would be like a what. The format is, is close to like a World Net Daily kind of thing that you know, and and JD's working on that. And but the, there's going to be a lot of content there, uh, a lot of investigative articles and a lot of research. And that is HagmanReport.com. And again, this is a work in progress, folks. So you know, please hold your emails and saying what a mess. Got it. Understood. We we know, but it's and, coming. And the purpose is to to separate the show and. Uh, the information about the show, such as upcoming guests and yeah. news, versus that of uh, news content uh, and articles and investigative reports. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so it might wanna, seem confusing now, but it will be right. And we want to make it easy for everyone. We really do. Um, 
and we want to see there are a lot of lot of things to think about too. Uh, user friendly on a mobile device, user friendly on, on a tablet, user friendly. There's so many devices now. It's just it's just hard to hard to keep track of things. Eh, we're coming. Just hang loose. You know, take it easy. Now, a lot of important news to get into tonight. I just want to say, uh, um, I, I really haven't kept up with. I, I didn't listen to the show, uh, so. I hear Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle did a wonderful job, and, and uh, Paul McGuire yesterday did a, just a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, with, those with, are really great series yeah. of shows. Um, Steve and Pastor Langford, uh, you know, all three hours, uh, giving yeah. you know, uh, biblical and uh, good their interpretation of how things are going in the body of, of the believers here in America today, and where we're going wrong. And Paul McGuire and, and yesterday was a uh, a different kind of show than usual. We didn't cover, um, you know, topic specific things such as, you know, terrorism or ISIS. We started out having a, a nice conversation just about, uh, the spiritual nature of everything and, and how it's changing and, and how we can, you know, align ourselves more with the will of God. And when that happens, the uh, amazing things that come with it. And solutions more than problems you know that that's the thing you've got to look at both sides of the of the, of the issue and um, provide solutions and and that sounds to me like what you know how to look at things how to respond to things how to act during things so you, you, that's important because as Christians we have to really understand the proper way to confront the perils that face us today if you're listening to this in America, that means the perils that face us in America, whether it is ultimately the gun confiscation. And I'm, as the program unfolds here, um, we're going to have some things to say about all of these issues. By the way, today um, I'm going to leave. Uh, like I said, I've only got probably another hour, and then Joe's going to take the rest of the program. And uh, John Little, John Little will be joining Joe in hour three. An hour three. Hour two uh, will be just me. And, um, I don't know. Uh, we get into some news. There's no shortage of that to no get into. Uh, maybe take a phone call. Uh, yeah. I haven't decided. Maybe I'll sing and dance. Please. No, I want to keep the, the attention <laughs> of the listener. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, you know, I don't know where you want to start, but I, well, I just saw this and, and I want to hear your opinion on this, so, so I don't want you to get too far without getting into this. Hillary Clinton, yeah. I will emulate Chancellor Merkel as president. I find her to be an incredibly important person mm. in the world today, and I look to her to see how she managed it. Now, um, with wow. all the, the Nazi investigations you've been doing and yeah. the connections between Hitler and Merkel... Um, I, 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 I do believe, number one, and, and this is key, okay... Um, I believe Clinton is the illegitimate offspring of, of, of Rothschild. All right, Bill Clinton, William Jefferson Clinton, and you've got to go back. And, and folks, you might roll your eyes at that at that supposition or that uh, that uh, theory. If you understand Bill Clinton's mother, her profession, what she did during her early years, her childbearing years, where she worked or who she worked for what her positions were and you start looking at the relationships there you'll find that it's a, it's a very distinct possibility that 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 the father of William Jefferson Clinton 
is not necessarily who you think it is, and it could very well be the he could be. And, and I don't know. I don't know. But it, when you start looking at at at, at, at information, it could very well be that he is is a Roth child by birth. Now, 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 why does that matter? Okay, it matters because of the consolidation uh, of power. There you go. That's right. Now, okay, so so. Now, with respect to the article that you brought up, and this is fine. Um, and go ahead. I guess um, you know she. People are looking at this because Merkel, being a president of a nation, Hillary Clinton would be the first woman to be president if elected, and there is no other women presidents or prime ministers. You know, you have a queen here and there, but uh, who else can she compare herself to? Uh, it's just a, a gender. Um, they're they're only similar in gender only unless there's more under yeah. you know no 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 there's not I mean there's more to it than that yeah because Merkel I believe as well is a Roth child now how how do I arrive at that conclusion well and and again this is all theory it's all speculation it's all professional opinion and I'm not I don't have any notes in front of me. Uh, about this, okay. This is purely from my memory, from my investigative research. If you take Merkel, now her her date, even her date of birth is a little bit foggy out there. All right, there's different dates of birth, and um, well, it, it that really doesn't matter. But at the time of Merkel's birth, there was a Nazi scientist, and I, and I just love it because I know I'm going to get emails, and I'm 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 into the head, into the minds, into the brain of certain people that know and I know who you are and I love I love being there. I love I love occupying that space and I love the emails, you know, that that you get that I get in response to this. But but having said that, um the uh during the time there was a, a Nazi doctor by the name of Carl uh, uh I I don't recall his last name. And we can do a show on this and I think we 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 are going to do a show on this. Remind me to talk about the shows here in a little bit. Okay, okay, now Merkel, okay, Adolf Hitler, we know, is, is, is verified through historical records and documents. We know that his DNA, his, um, deposits, shall we say, were saved, and because the intent was to create and to maintain that creation of a, uh, 1,000 year Reich or reign of the Nazi party, of the, of that Nazi ideology. And, and people might laugh at that and say, oh, that's, well, that, that ended on April 30th, 1945. Back to Merkel. Merkel, uh, her appearance by birth is involved in the same, uh, group of people that included the Nazi doctor that really was the father, or is considered the father, of in vitro fertilization? Joseph Mengele. No, Carl, Doctor Carl. Oh, okay. And I don't remember his last name uh, off the top of my head. All right. So, so think about this. Let's say there was. Um, let's say, in fact, there was the ability, but for this Doctor Carl, don't remember the last name, to inseminate Merkel's mother. Uh, there is a Roth uh, from Hitler, and we know Hitler has Rothschild DNA or lineage to him as well, or at least one could one could make that conclusion based on reason research. Now, Carl Brand, 
I believe that's yeah, I believe that's it. Or Carl Klumberg. No, Klumberg. That I'm sorry, that was it. Klumberg. That's okay. the guy. Okay. Because he's the father of artificial insemination. I'm sorry, I said in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. But he's the father of artificial insemination. So uh, presupposing that this that doctor, that physician, inseminated a woman to bear the woman now known as Angela Merkel, we're looking at Rothschild DNA, and we're looking at a lineage and we're looking at also the lineage of Adolf Hitler. Now, again, I realize we're at the outer fringes of conspiracy here, but but let's look at the facts, and let's look at also what the ultimate objective is. With respect to Merkel and Hitler, you're looking at the the maintenance and creation, or the maintenance of, of the creation of, of the thousand-year Reich. And you're looking at this ideology, this occult ideology, it's not just a political ideology, nor should it be regarded as a limited, limited to a political ideology. It's an occult ideology that extends into today. So, so, when you've got Rothschild in term, uh, well, when, when you have, uh, Hillary Clinton, who's married to, I believe, a Rothschild, and you, then you've got a Rothschild in the form of Merkel. Of course, they're going to be saying, Hillary's going to be saying, sure, look at her. She's a strong lady. But you also have to understand the ideologies. Um, it, it goes beyond the political and into the occult. And don't forget, now, you'll have to think back to Larry Nichols being on our program and having Larry said, and this is according to Larry Nichols now, that, that, that Hillary, Diane Rodham Clinton attended attends every month meetings in California or um, satanic worship services in California. Did I get that right? I don't remember the exact details, but yes, I remember Larry talking about this. And um, I'm not sure, is Hillary the one who also would have rituals where she would try to get President, deceased president's wife to redecorate, decorate ideas. Yeah, and and Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, exactly. Eleanor Roosevelt and summoning. And actually, um, the the stories are that that she would summon the ghost of Eleanor Roosevelt, specifically Roosevelt, um, which is uh, which I find very interesting because uh, don't forget a cult in the White House, um, a a cult. uh, The there's a lot of occult rituals being conducted in the White House even today. And you can go back numerous genera- or numerous uh, administrations and, and you, you get it. You understand what's going on here. Um, from Reagan, his wife using astrology to, uh, to create and to manipulate Ronald Reagan's schedule. Now you might, does that mean that Ronald Reagan was a bad man? And uh, no, no. It means that simply this. It means that Nancy Reagan used astrology to influence the schedule of, of Ronald Reagan. That's what that means. Period. Now, uh, with respect to Hillary Clinton, however, you've got you've to know that we have a situation where we're looking at um, Illuminati symbolism and power symbolism. The symbolism used by those in power. If you look at the the cover of The Economist, and we spoke about this in previous programs, the only presidential candidate for 2016 on the cover and extended cover, meaning that there are two covers, 
or I shouldn't say two covers. There's the first half, the, the, the major cover here on the front page, and then there's the the rest of the cover, or the entire cover on page 15 of the, of the Economist for uh, year 2016. Hillary Clinton is the only presidential candidate on the cover. What does that tell you? Uh, and and this is the smaller version. I don't. Yeah, there you go. That's what you see on your screen for those watching on YouTube. That's a smaller version. Now notice the the juxtaposition between Hillary Clinton and Angela Merkel there. And and right behind Merkel, of course, is who? Yellen, old Yeller. Okay, and then you've got uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and isn't it interesting as well? If you would take that picture and fold it in half, you've got Angela Merkel and Bill Clinton, uh, kind of occupying opposite space uh, spaces. If you would cut that in half, and and I I do believe that that is a nod to the Rothschilds. And don't forget, the Economist magazine in, is owned in part by the Rothschilds. So what's this telling us? Because we know, we do know, that they do send messages through symbolism and, and through magazines such as this. So what is this telling us? I don't know, but, you know, uh, the first time I've noticed this, uh, on the right-hand side of that Chinese yes. building, is yes. that the word AIDS? Yes, and, and there's Karl Marx there. I mean, um, that's the only word on the page. And uh, yeah, now, now, just understand. Now, just to be clear, um, these images on the cover. Where do they get those from? Well, it's it's really a situation where the the, the total or the sum is is greater than the whole of its parts. In other words, all of these images were extracted from articles within the magazine itself. So, for example, uh, there's an article there um, about the Pope in, in the in the magazine. There's an article about Bill Gates. He's, so, so they pull the pictures from the article and put it on the front page. Now, with editions, all right, so um, you, you, you've got to look layers deep at, at these, at, at the, at, at the images. Um, and you got to understand what it is really trying to tell you. And, and of course, there's somebody. If you as you're looking at that picture behind, uh, on the right, uh, almost in the back, freedom for. And then there's, um, well, you can't see what that last word is. Well, what is it? Freedom for what? Interesting. Interesting question, and, and you've got newsmakers basically all throughout the the images, and, and also images that uh, not just of people but of, of manufactured people, robots, and and such, uh, suggesting um, really an influx into transhumanism, artificial intelligence, and um, even some economic, as as expected for the magazine, economic news. Now. I know Joe's going to get into some economic news here shortly, but I, I want to just hit the hit with this real quick, Joe, as we get into this. That's news to me. Uh, oh, okay. No, yeah, I do uh, have some. Yeah, I know you've got you got a lot of news, but you, you know, folks, here's uh, I'm going to just I don't have a script for this. I was I was thinking today, not expecting to come on tonight at all, 
Um, but I was thinking today about um, about where we're at in terms of whatever's taking place in the world today. Now, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if you can feel a difference. Author Maria Canese from uh, Prepare for Persecution. If you haven't gotten that book, definitely get that, Prepare for Persecution. But author Maria Canese kind of pinpoints some sort of something happening around the 1st of November, and she, in private communications to me, she said, you know, it just seems like some sort of veil was lifted. And, And I do have to say, I truly believe, ladies and gentlemen, that we... Uh, just like the feeling after 2012, after the, the elections and, and everything, I feel like something has changed. Something has been loosened uh, over this earth. Something has the air has been dirtied even more, or the um, the restraints of evil have been uh, loosened, as you said. The right. evil is right. subtle at times, and sometimes it's overt, depending on what you're dealing with. You know, Russ deals in the deliverance ministries where he deals with overt spiritual warfare much of what we deal with is subtle not that that's any less dangerous but the uh, attacks or incidences the evil in the world is manifesting more and more in ways that it had not before in areas it could not before that's right and we wonder well, we don't wonder. I guess we are assuming that it's, this is happening not just in our area, in our own lives as believers, but all across the board, or it will happen. And in talking with Chance today, he said something very important. I don't want to cut into your time. Oh, that's the Chance from AmericanSurvivalFullCell.com. Yeah. He explained uh, in 2016 how he had been spending a lot of time in prayer, about, and he's not a big resolution guy. But he says that, uh, this is how he explained it to me. <clears throat> he said, you draw one circle on a piece of paper, and then another circle around it, and another circle around that. And he said, the first circle is your um, people who you trust, your family, the friends that you know you can rely on if something bad happens and you need help, people who you can confide in. Then outside of that circle is the other one, which is your acquaintances and, and friends that you might not be able to talk to about important or uh, right. uh you, you, know, you can't really not not you your closest know. to friends, right? And then the out, outside of that is you know your acquaintances, people you uh, interact with um, out of necessity or whatever. But he said that the inner circle or the uh, family, the the important people in your life, you have to reevaluate who you consider a, a close friend. Or a right. a brother in Christ, or sister in Christ, or uh, a family member, because things are so chaotic and getting chaotic in people's minds individually, and uh, this goes to that, that separation. You know, people who are uh, not close to the Lord or don't have their relationship are going off the deep end, becoming more unstable, becoming yes. more uh, chaotic, and that people are going to come against each other. It's unfortunate, and, and and what I have here from the uh, uh, when, when I pulled uh, when I was, you know, <laughs> before I came into the studio, um, on my way into the studio, I was, I was kind of thinking about all of this, and, and uh, before I arrived, I, I yeah, uh, what we're looking at is the recipe 
for a, a civil war in this country. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's about time right now. Everyone, 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 folks, everyone better understand the battle lines have been drawn and are being drawn every day. Mm-hmm. And, and the, this civil war that's coming is ideology, is, is, is going to separate people along ideological lines and it's going to separate people along political lines, although the, the politics are closely related with ideology. It's interesting because some people say, well, um, you know, the separation between church and state. No, no. Every country, whether you want to believe this or not, is a theocracy. And I can argue this point with uh, any intellectual if you want to, if you want to argue this point. But every country is really established and is operated as a theocracy. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, Obama, and this is this is something that I, I really, as you dig, as you start digging into this rabbit hole, um, in terms of what is coming, what is here, and but but what is coming even greater, what is coming even more, is um, you're going to find that we have been manipulated. See, today, 2016, is really a um, is is really the Product of years upon years upon years, decades of conditioning, and that conditioning stems obviously. You go back to the, the establishment of the Tavistock Institute, and then it's American various uh, tentacles of the octopus, the Stanford, MIT, and all of these other organizations and NGOs, universities that are, are part of the Tavistock Institute. From there, okay, uh, for example, they use the media, the mass controlled media. Why do you think, for example, and you've seen the chart, you've seen the, the illustrations where back, um, uh, you know, 20 years, 30 years ago, there were what, 85? In fact, we had printed up a whole bunch of companies that controlled the corporate media, right? Now it's down mm-hmm. to six. But even back then, um, and the, personal memoirs of Rockefeller to uh, other elitists who have disclosed certain amounts of information. Uh, you know, we, in his book, uh, the, the Rockefeller memoirs, he talks about, you know, we would not have been able to accomplish our goal in secrecy for the last 40 years without the uh, contributions and help of the, the mainstream media uh, for keeping our secret. But even on 116 down to 6, uh, it's all the pyramid, you know, the 116 can have all these different owners and name and corporations, uh, names, but if you follow the money, you follow the trails of the mm-hmm. ownership, they really all go back to, you know, the same people. Um, and even now, uh, con- the consolidation of the media is purposeful so much so they know exactly what they're doing and, and they've had, they have this down to a science, uh, to where they just um, put this propaganda out, and if people who have been watching TV lately, I'm sure have noticed. I haven't uh, watched cable in a while, but the commercials that I see when TVs are on are horrible. The titles of TV shows today uh, are just. <laughs> there's a new show called Lucifer. On yes, yes, Fox. I've seen that. 
and see, and we talk about the Not subtlety. Show, so the hit, uh, yeah, we and we talk about the subtlety of of evil and how it's encroaching. And a lot of people will think, uh, you know, what was on in 1950 on TV wasn't evil. Um, watching over the, the uh, holiday weekend, <coughs> uh, the Twilight Zone was running. Uh, they had a marathon of the Twilight Zone on um, the, the, science every, fiction every, uh, TV. Every New Year's they have that, yeah. And it was on at my mom's, my mother's house when I went over there, and they showed the married couple in the separate beds, and I remember you telling me about that, how back the, in the day they used to sleep in separate beds yes, on the, TV. And they would not, and they would not show a toilet. Right. They would not right. show, um, anyone, you know, um, yeah. Even I, I Dream of Genie in the late 60s, they they couldn't show the navel. And Gilligan's Island, too, they could not show, uh, Ginger or Marianne's navel. Not that you want to see it anyway, but that's think of those standards back then. Right, and, and and even to think about it in the sense of knowing it's a TV show and the people on the show are allegedly married, one would think it wouldn't right. be an issue. But over the years, you know, they continue to, to push the lines, to, to cross the lines, push the boundaries, cross the lines, to now if you come across a TV show that doesn't have sexually explicit material and bad language, um, it, it's a rarity. It's like a, you know, finding a pocket full of change, finding a silver dime. It just doesn't really happen anymore. The cable TV today is the rated R movies of the nineties, and that's right. It, it's just it couldn't happen overnight. You couldn't put on the nineteen fifties, uh, you know, Lady Gaga or you know Madonna music videos. People would be outraged. They would have all thrown their TVs out the window because the morality was much it was held to a much higher standard then. But yep. over the years, uh, by pushing the lines and continuing to be subtle about it, now they've gotten to the position where the morals are gone, and they can do anything they want. One TV executive yep. Uh, yep. last year said, "We're not crossing the line. You know, we're going over the edge." And, and this is something that, folks, we, we we need to understand. When we talk about a civil war brewing, a revolution brewing, when we talk about all of these issues taking place today, we need to understand how we're being gamed. And in order to really co- fully comprehend exactly how we're being gamed, we need to look at how we got here and the players involved. If we don't understand that, then we are going to be resistant to the fact that we're being gamed. Case in point, the... Um, uh, the situation in the Pacific Northwest with the, the ranch or that building that was taken over, okay, by the members of the, by Ammon Bundy mm-hmm. and, and his supporters. Notice the, and we talked about this, I believe it was earlier in the week, but, mm-hmm. um, Monday. Yeah. 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 Notice how the Oath Keepers had, had not taken part of, uh, taken part in this. Folks, look, wrong place, wrong time, wrong people. And this is a psyop. And, and let me just go back to which, which you were talking about. And, and this is, this is the backstory. And again, we need to understand right now in 2016, what we're going to see, what we're going to see today in 2016, assuming we have an election and, and why not? Because if you've got uh, just handing the torch over to someone who's got the same agenda as you, whether it be on the right or on the left, why not have an election and, and, you know, why disrupt everything? But in the off chance that uh, you know that we 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 don't, but I I believe we will. But go ahead. Daniel Holdings today, I had a chance to talk with him and yeah, uh, 
so many even uh, guests of our show and as well as listeners had called to uh, offer their prayers and, and um, support for Renee and, and the health issues. But he mentioned the elections and he said this is a, a year of change. Uh, 2016 will be a year of, of massive change, and the and it's going to affect uh, every single person listening to this broadcast and every aspect of uh, our way of life. That's right. But he said that you know, and he wrote about this in his in his book how there he does not see an election, and even more so now today, he does not see there being an election. Uh, now he, that's a one man's possible, opinion you know? and analysis, but it's becoming quite a consensus among people and when you have the commander in chief even joking about the possibility of keeping a third term well i mean it's worrisome let's see you've got now and and this is a good segue because right now you've got the agenda of and i believe this to be one of the most uh, severe issues or one of the most important uh, issues perilous issues facing us today you've got the economy you've got the that that aside you you have a disarmament uh, procedure in progress, and it's kind of funny. Not funny. It's sad. Sadly, I guess sadly funny. I don't know. Um, there, there, there's a, the Patriot Post had, had a picture of Obama with a, a tinfoil hat on his head. Oh, People yeah, think I want to guns. It's a conspiracy, right? Obama uh, on conspiracy to take away guns. Right. The United States was born suspicious of some distant authority, and uh, you're exactly right. The, Goes on to say that basically anybody who thinks he's trying to take away guns is, is a conspiracy theorist. Well, and it's a conspiracy to say that he wants to ban and take away guns. And, and see, here's why this is working, and this is where we're going to, I'm going to try to draw this all together. Here's why this is working. And, and folks, if you're just joining us, I'm Doug Hagman, just in for a brief period here, and I'm going to turn it over to Joe. But, but here's, here's why this is working. You, you had generations of mind control generations of programming, decades and years of programming. The Carl Jung and the Adolf Hitler Tavistock connection. Yes, I did say Hitler. Yes, it is part of a Nazi uh, fascist type of brainwashing. And it's important. And and Steve Steve and I were talking earlier in the week, and we were talking about the... um, uh, his book Empire Beneath the Ice. We we're talking about the research I was doing and 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 how the 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 Nazi occult right now is so prevalent today. Mein Kampf being the Reprinted. book in the Arab world. It's a, the most popular book or one of the most popular books in the Arab world today. Mein Kampf. And so you're doggone right. I'm going to talk about uh, that subject. Not only is it being reprinted, it's being reprinted in languages and countries that never. That's right. Had it in exactly. their exactly. existence or libraries before. But, but see, and why? Well, here's so 2016. The issue of right out of the gate, Obama gets back from Hawaii and starts talking about guns and the solution. You know, let's let's this agenda of the universal background checks and people look at it and they sort of yawn, thinking, okay. It doesn't sound as bad as I thought, you know, no big deal. Okay, we, you know, even the gun right, or even the Second Amendment supporters have jumped on the bandwagon and, and, and said, okay, I can live with that, basically. And the reason that is taking place is because you've been programmed. Okay, you've been programmed to accept the absurd. 
And I'll tell you something. Conser- and I'm going to wrap this all up together. But conservatives could be denied guns because of mental disorder. Think about this. This is how. Um, so it sounded. I heard that too. Yeah. Okay. Noise. Unidentified noise over there. Was that you? Okay. Sounds like the dog. Like a half bark. Uh, yeah. I brought a lady in. Uh, she rode in with into the studio with me. So. You she never must know. be hiding. Yeah, she went into the office, uh, my office, and jumped on the on the couch. But anyway, um, she's tired too. <clears throat> we but, all. Are. But anyway, conservatives can be denied, and and, and this I'm going to link all this stuff together because it, it, all of this is 2016, the year change. Yes, uh, definite change. Uh, Gary DeMar from GodfatherPolitics.com wrote that before you go see your doctor, make sure you have purchased all the guns and the ammo you think you'll need. After some seemingly innocent probing about your lifestyle and beliefs, he or she may consider you to be a danger to yourself, your family, and others, most liberal, really mostly the liberal establishment. A slipshod diagnosis may be enough to take away your Second Amendment and God-given right to keep and bear arms. Think about that now. With Obama's new executive order gun regulations, there are some gun control traps that could be, well, they could have grave consequences. Government regulations are written in vague ways so they can be interpreted in many different ways. Understand the process. You know, um, the regulations, the writing of the regulations written broadly and, and left to the courts to define further defined. This is what we're dealing with here. Consider RICO. And this is one example. The Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act that became law in 70, 1970 that is. The government enforcement law was designed to go after organized crime. Remember? Uh, You should. It sounds like a good thing. Oh, yeah. The RICO statute. But once politicians and judicial activists started mining it for open doors, loopholes, and all the back ways in and all this, and and the various broad interpretations. RICO became, in the words of Gary DeMar, a wax nose that has been used to silence political opponents like the Hells Angels, Major League Baseball, and anti-abortion slash pro-life advocates. Think about that now. Yet RICO established in 1970 for ostensibly for one cause and it is now used very broadly and it's ill because of, of its lack of specific de- definition so where are we today there's enough flexibility of interpretation in obama's new gun regulations that a person could be denied a weapon based on what a doctor says an utterance of a doctor your per- personal care physician okay trust me when i tell you um the health system in, in this country is broken beyond repair. Anyway, under Obama's new rules now, doctors can now report people deemed mentally ill. Uh, people, yeah, doctors can report, now report people deemed mentally ill to the FBI. So what happens? They will be denied gun licenses. The White House fact sheet on the new gun control regulations states I'm going to read from it, right? Current law prohibits individuals from buying a gun if, because of a mental health issue, they are either a danger to themselves or others, 
or are unable to manage their own affairs, the Social Security Administration has indicated that it will begin the rulemaking process to ensure that the appropriate information in its records is reported to NICS, N-I-C-S. That's when you go buy a gun from a gun shop, you know, the, the, the store, the big guy behind the counter picks up the phone, dials a number, you know, gives information, and pretty soon, or does it on a computer, bang, you're either approved or not, or you're put on a 20-day uh, waiting thing. Well, the question is this, who gets to define mental health? Well, for a liberal, obviously, it would be anyone adhering to a conservative mindset. Um for a, uh, if a person, for example, opposes same-sex marriage and abortion, there there are liberals who believe that such people have mental problems. It's not a tolerance problem, but a mental illness that you cannot comprehend. Uh, the uh, the tolerance factor. Now, Gary Demar from again GodfatherPolitics.com writes: Am I exaggerating? Well, in creationism as a mental illness, Robert Roland Smith argues that creationists exhibit several signs of mental illness, including one, denial, two, psychosis, three, or and the ability to grasp irony. Okay. The author of the article writes, no, or now I'm no clinician, but my admittedly biased brown eyes... Who writes like that? Anyway, it seems that prominent Republicans have evidence... Each of these ten telltale signs of mental illness over the past year. Now, that's a pretty severe dig. And, of course, the article goes into the illnesses. Um, one being um, denial, delusion, hallucination, disordered thinking, anger. Boy. <laughs> Antisocial behavior. A sexual preoccupation, grandiosity, general oddness, and paranoia. Now, describe general oddness. I'm not. I'm not lying. Okay, and then there's this from Psychology Today: Is political conservative a mild form of insanity? In, in this, in 1950, conservative impulse expressed itself in irritable mental gestures. In Lionel Trilling's famous phrase. Trilling's liberal successors are to be believed. That impulse has come a long way since then. Into a full-blown pathology. Meaning what? Meaning that um, basically anything can be classified as a mental illness. And let's not forget the psychosis of those who would deny climate change. For example, if, as Obama personally claimed, the climate change is a greater threat than terrorism. So, given that statement, climate change is a greater threat than terrorism, then aren't people who deny climate change a danger to themselves or others and unfit to own guns? Therefore, you bet you. So you see those people who are yawning and saying, eh, it's just an executive orders and whatever, and Obama mocking those who state that it's not a conspiracy. You doggone well bet it's a conspiracy, and it's a conspiracy to take your guns, and they are coming for your guns. They are coming for you, and you are on a list or will be on a list. You're just going to have to deal with that. And the people in your family, the people around you, the people who are closest to you, and here's the thing with those people, you better know not 
if if you are unsure of their bias to you or that's a they not bias to you or um, a friendship uh, association to, to you. That's right. The level of trust. You will be turned in. Now imagine that. Imagine you're you're at a church function with your with a friend and and you're you're you know over the macaroni salad. You're saying, yeah, oh man, I got a whatever gun you got or something, you know, and uh, I got a whole bunch of ammunition. I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse or or whatever you might say. Do you think for a moment that that person on the other side of the table next to you, if they're not ideologically uh, associated with you and, and deep, deep trusting friends with you, you think for a moment under pressure they would say, "Hey, uh, John Smith over there, you know, he's got he's got a whole uh, arsenal, an armory, you know, at his house." This is the year of division. 2016 is the year of division. 2016 will be the year that battle lines will be drawn deeper into the sand. And 2016 will be the year that Christians will going to have to have to will have to decide whether they will adhere to or break the law. Now, listen carefully to what I'm saying. In 2016, you will be forced to decide whether you will adhere to man's laws or be or not adhere to man's laws. And you the you will the Christianity will be used as a tool to compel you to decide. In other words, the bastardization of Romans thirteen by the clergy response teams will be used as an instrument of your death. Yes. And that's um very concerning. Yes it is. A so, church and a congregation, uh, denominations as a whole, can take out of context the Bible verse to the point where they are saying, well, you have to go along with your government. You have to take the mark. You ha- I mean, where does it end? It, 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 see, it doesn't end. And you are, you will be faced in 2016 to make that decision. You will be forced in 2016 to decide whether you are going to adhere to, to true discipleship with Jesus Christ or, uh, be a, be a lawbreaker. You know, or, or or adhere to man's laws. For example, you know there was this uh, hideous uh, write-up in, in the, this Christian, supposed Christian doctor, female doctor, just extolling the virtues of abortion, and 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 having a a pastor as a boyfriend. Apparently, uh, I I don't recall where I saw it or where I read it. It was just in passing. But the bottom line is, you cannot you cannot be a Christian and be a, an advocate for or engaged in abortion. Period. Another, you know, as as an abortion doctor or as an abortion provider, it just doesn't com- comport with one another. If you think I'm just, uh, if you think I'm messing around with, hang on a second. If you think I'm messing around about guns, listen to what's happening in uh, right now, right today. Now, in Lexington, Massachusetts, remember the Battle of Lexington, Lexington, Lexington and Concord? Well, guess what? See, uh, well, almost 241 years ago, the citizens of Lexington, Massachusetts, were awakened by the alarm writers who warned of a pending gun control raid being launched by the British forces in Boston. Remember that? You should, because it was taught in history. It appears that royalists attempting to gut the rights of the new against the militia never left. There's a guy by the name of Robert Rotberg. He's a citizen of the town of Lexington. He initiated an attack on the Second Amendment. 
This Robert Rotberg is currently working to include an article on the next town warrant, which will enact an outright ban on many types of commonly owned firearms and magazines. A proposal has to be stopped, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to this from Lexington or the Boston area, you better you better look up this Robert Rotberg and uh, explain how off he is on his ways. You see. His proposal targets the firearms and ammunition most suitable for modern militia service, which are the most clearly protected by the explicit intent of the Second Amendment. He writes to the members of the town, Dear fellow town, meeting members and other concerned citizens, I'm reading, this is Rotberg's uh, writing here. For all obvious reasons and because Lexington has a first mover, has first mover advantage and responsibilities, I have submitted a citizen's article to the warrant to regulate the manufacture, sale, and possession of assault weapons and large capacity gun magazines within the town of Lexington. Okay, this is some joker, okay, off the street writing and, and, and uh, forcing this law upon the citizens of Lexington. I hope that it will f- uh, have your support now. And when the article comes before town, uh, the town meeting in March, the proposed legislation will be modeled strictly on an ordinance enacted by the High, by Highland Park, which happens to be a suburb of Chicago. Hey, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you, Chicago? In 2013, approved in a federal court district there, federal court or federal district court there, and by the seventh. Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals on December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the case, implicitly suggesting that the local town and city bans on large-scale weaponry don't impinge on Second Amendment rights. So where in the world does this stop? Right, where where is the where where is the clear line of demarcation with respect to weapons? Is 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 ten rounds okay, but eleven no, or is three too many? Is six too many? What is it? You see. Okay, this is something the Supreme Court in this iteration is not is not uh, picking up. And I'm going to just very quickly, because uh, again, my time is my time here in the studio is limited. I've got to leave. I wasn't expecting to come in. I want to thank everyone for for your 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 time and uh, for your uh, uh, well wishes of support. Uh, I just want to say thank you. You know, and in fact, I'm just you know, folks. You, you just look up Robert Rotberg R O T. Uh, B-U-R-G in uh, Lexington and understand what he's doing but see 2016 will be the year of decision it's going to be the year of change it's going to be the year where you will be declared the enemy an enemy of the state by your ideology and by your religion 2016 will be that year and if it doesn't manifest itself in the complete physical in terms of actual um, you know uh, separation of families, then it's the seeds will have been taken out, taken root immensely, folks. Go ahead, Jim. Folks, we'll be right back on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report here on Global Star Radio Network. Stay with us for hour two. We're going to cover some news, followed by John Little of OmegaShock.com in our third and final hour. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our hour number two here on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, January 8th, 2016. And I am happy it's a Friday. I don't know about you guys. It's been a, a long and trying week, but we're going to continue on and uh, get into some news this hour. We're going to have John Little in hour number three. He's going to come on to talk to us about what he sees going on in the economy. There's been uh, fluctuations and in, in, um, kind of a chaotic uh, week in the markets across the world, beginning in Asia, it started, and it has its ripple effect over here into American stock market, and um, really not a way to start the new year in the financial market, not, at least not the way they wanted it to be, I, I would say. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a, a few quick Yeah, in-studio guest. I, hi, folks. Doug Hagman. Um, thank you, Joe. I just want to thank. I want to say the last hour ran out before I. I kind of just lost track of the the first hour, and it ran out before the break. And I just want to say thank you to all of the people who have sent me emails, and you know, thank you very much. My wife certainly appreciates it, and I certainly appreciate it as well. Um, Pastor York's church members there. I just haven't had a chance to respond to really any of them, and I just want to say thank you. God bless every, each and every one of you. And uh, how's how's the how's the young kid doing? How's the, how's he doing? How do you do this week? Me? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. You know. I, I was uh, not in the right uh, frame of mind. There's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, everything's all right. But um, thank the Lord that Pastor Langford and Steve were on Wednesday, and then Paul McGuire, Paul McGuire was on McGuire yesterday. yesterday. Because yeah. uh, if it was just me, I would have uh, nosedived right out, <laughs> well, right out of the studio. Yeah, you know, we want to thank. Uh, the, we want to thank certainly thank them and thank each and every one of you for your your kind support, your prayers, and your and being there. Without you, we would not have a show. And again, it was only probably at uh, an hour before airtime that. Uh, I, I was I was not planning on coming on, and I'm not staying. I just I just want to come on and, and say thank you to everyone. Uh, I was totally unexpected to, to be to be here, but I, I want to finish up uh, the hour, or I want to finish up what I was saying earlier, because again, I, the, the clock ran out on me. But before I do, I just want to mention that uh, portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by Nuts.com, folks. You know what? Nuts are just a tremendous snack to have around. And during the holidays when we entertained, we had we had a gathering of 30 people. And, man, the snacks that we had from Nuts.com were the first to go. I mean, everyone had them. Everyone liked them. In fact, I've, I had a couple of uh, extended family members say, hey, you know, where did you get these? The aroma, by the way, of the nuts, uh, the cashews, the peanuts, it was just fantastic. The smell, it was just the, the aroma, not the smell, but the aroma was just amazing. You open a bag. And it's just like being, you know, walking through that, uh, oh, that the places where they, 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 they roast peanuts and such. But folks, we found this incredible website, nuts.com. What a website it is. You could spend days, hours there looking at all the variety of nuts that they've got. Here's the deal. Go to nuts.com, N-U-T-S.com, and you're going to see on the right-hand side there, like a little dialog box. Click on that. If you're watching it in real time right now, you can actually see it take place. Our code in the microphone box is HH for Hagman and Hagman, HH. And once you enter that, you click the Go button there, that little green button, and it takes you right to our special page at nuts.com. And there, you, you, what a fantastic offer they've got. Right now, you can, by by going to 
nuts.com. New customers get get four free samples to choose. You can choose from over 50 options. It's a $15 value when you go to nuts.com and enter HH in the microphone box. That's nuts.com. Enter our code HH for four free samples with your order for new customers. With your order, so you got to buy something, but it's well worth it. And you can shoot me, you know, you can choose from your samples and you can get a taste. Oh, and you will want more, I guarantee you. Uh, right now, new customers, four free samples. Choose from over 50 options. It's really a $15 value. When you go to nuts.com, click the mic and enter our code HH. The company, 1929, they started out as family owned business. They pride themselves on delivering the best tasting snacks, nuts in the world. And, and I tell you, it is. They use only the freshest products from the best suppliers. They've, well, it's a really easy to use site and, uh, that you, you can actually buy by the case, by the pound. It's certified organic, certified gluten free, with or without salt if you choose, raw, uh, sugar free. Folks, it's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Nuts.com. That's nuts.com. Microphone code HH. You can't go wrong. It's got our seal of approval on it. And, um, that's that. Now, oh, you know, did you catch Tuesday's program, Michael Terrell? Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Oh, I it? missed it. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. <clears throat> what a program that was. Yeah, Whole Tones. Uh, WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. And even Remember uh, that, WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. From all the feedback we've gotten from those who have uh, purchased the product and, and used it, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I was uh, even more surprised by uh, Mr. Terrell and... Uh, what kind oh. of a man he was. Man. We're going to have him back on because, you know, frequencies, and this is, there's physics and science behind it, frequencies. This is not New Age. No, this is biblically based, and it's scientifically based, and physics based. Um, when uh, I, I, I actually had the occasion to, to have this playing in the background for my wife earlier in the week, and, uh, you know, it made her feel pretty good. I mean, it's, you can download free samples. Go to whole, whole, yeah. Okay. Go to wholetoneslive.com. That's wholetoneslive.com. Do yourself a favor. Download some of the samples. Different hertz levels for different effect moods and healings and whatever. And I gotta tell you, it really works. Lady, our studio dog responds to it. That's wholetoneslive.com. Fantastic product, highly recommended, and uh, yeah, I mean she and and you know it it calms. You can have calming effect, healing effect, but do some research, folks, in frequencies because it is really something to, to understand. I'm going to just uh, say one one more thing here, and then I'm going to get out of here. I, I do have some things I've got to take care of, and again, this was unscheduled. I wasn't planning on doing it. I think I got in my wife's way, and she said, uh, "You know, I've had about enough of you." And, uh, get out, get out. Uh, but no, no, seriously. Um, so we went over the guns issue. That's a big issue. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't underestimate what's taking place. Uh, let, let me, Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I just want to bring you forward to where we got here and then I'm blown out of here. Um, and I will be back next week. Okay. So everything's, everything's fine. But, um, I just needed some time to, to take care of some issues. Here with my wife, so hopefully you'll you understand that. And I want to thank Joe for for being such a 
and Eric and everyone, JD and Rhonda, God bless you and Joe Stahl. And thank you so much for for covering my six. Um, how we got here? Just I, I just want to address this briefly because I, I heard I, actually I got an email from someone. We had talked about Disney one day. Eric, remember? I'm going to yell over you, Eric. Remember that time we had we mentioned about Disney being kind of an odd situation kind of odd, had a weird thing going on with Disney in terms of, you know. I got an email saying, oh, you're nuts. You're nuts. When you say Disney, do you mean, uh, I mean, because there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's known well, from Walt Disney to, and his, uh. Yeah, Walt Disney in particular. And, and then uh, the, uh. I mean, Walt Disney and Disney World, in the right, movies. Right. Well, here's, and this is important to understand. If you, if you look at where we're at today and to understand where we're at, how we got here, you should understand how we got here because the elements, the components of what is taking place today with respect to the mind control that we see taking place via our television sets as well as the mass-controlled, Illuminati-controlled mass media. You see, here's the important thing. It's all been decades in the making. It's all been uh, since television first began. Then it was taken over by the mind control experts that originated in the occult Nazi. Yeah, there I said it again. Nazi occult practices perfected by the Tavistock Institute, perfected by uh, Bernays, uh, Edward Bernays. Of course, Paul McGuire talks about and writes about Edward Bernays. And, um, but we, but see, here's the thing. We've been affected by this even from little children. And this has layers of effects, including, including climate change. Another issue that's going on right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through this real quick. There's another key, really a key area of brainwashing. And this is, this is directly related to population control, gun control, everything we see taking place today. Have you noticed, folks, the creating of identity between man and animal? All right. Now, it's cute. Okay. I love Lady, our studio dog. I loved King. I loved my other dog, Holly. But the personification of animals, okay, yeah, that's and dangerous. One thing I've seen is uh, people who have um, empathy and compassion for, uh, you know, an animal that had died or was abused. Yeah, but the people, uh, you know, if there's the same scenario and a person was involved that they didn't know uh, who died, they could care less. That's right, yeah. Well, a number of television shows and major motion pictures portray animals and have portrayed animals acting like humans. And over time, and this according to many studies, children lost their ability to differentiate between most animals and human beings, all right? The format shows, if you look at Lassie, for example, and, and this is this is heavily, I'm citing heavily now from uh, Daniel Estelin. He's written a book about Tavistock Institute. But the the animal was a hero who often defeated, really single-handedly defeated, uh, bad people who wanted to hurt Timmy. Remember Timmy? Hey, Timmy's in the well. Timmy fell on the well. Um, you know, all of this identification with animals, with, with an animal, and the blurring of that distinction between what is human and what is animal played back... Uh, into this generation. This is what we're seeing right now in this generation. Just, again, think of Cecil the Lion. Well, 
It's the lunacy behind the environmental movement as well. Even before there was television, we had uh, the there was pre- preconditioning going on with young people for for the non-rational uh, cartoons. You look at Snow White. We could do a show solely on Snow White. Uh, Walt Disney full-length feature cartoons again. Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, Lion King, Aladdin. There you go, Little Mermaid, right? Um, Beauty and the Beast. Without ever realizing it, folks, adults and children together alike have been subjected to over a half a century, well over half a century, of programming of the most vile nature. Uh, aimed at, really aimed at becoming, well, if you look at the feature length cartoons, for example, uh, they were aimed at, be, uh, at, at, at uh, well, the feature length cartoons were aimed at becoming universal experiences for generations, for generations of children's, of children, for generations of their parents. This is just, it, they contain moral messages within these films, uh, that, that could stay with a child throughout their adult life. And we're seeing a bunch of adult, or children, adults, man children today because of this. But more importantly, this is the background for the green movement for, and I'm not saying animal rights is, is, is a bad thing, but when you personify and you, like you said, Joe, holding up Cecil the Lion over anyone else, over per- people. Yeah, when you have, um, when you, when you got, when you've got a better, bigger outcry over Cecil the Lion than you do the, the 3,000 uh, abortions a day, you got a problem. Absolutely. And, you know, we see, and I think I mentioned this earlier in the week, we received a bumper sticker from one of the listeners who, uh, I can't remember exactly what it said, but the message was basically how, if abortions were performed with guns, would it matter then, uh, to the liberals out there? Because you see the, and I was talking with my wife that's about a, that's this a today. Good, that's a good, that's a good, because, I, I would have thought of that. And she never, uh, we talked about the, uh, abortions and how many, I told her there's over 3,000 abortions a day in yeah. America, and she kind of was taken back by that. She didn't know the, uh, the volume that was, you know, being killed on a daily basis for And for I dare say satanic now. sacrifice is involved in a lot of them. And, and people roll their eyes and say, oh, that can't be. You're full of, you know, beans and whatever. But go on. And, and, you know, we had, I had the satellite radio on and, uh, they were talking about the presidential executive gun measures. And she was just, um, it was like a, she had some a moment of clarity when it, comes to uh, the taking away of guns, the hypocrisy of the guns versus abortion. And I asked, why do they care so much or say they care about protecting human lives when it comes to gun violence, yet advocate and, uh, you know, give hundreds of millions of dollars to the Planned Parenthood? And it all started from a bumper sticker that said to fund Planned Parenthood. And she uh, asked a question about it. But mm. it was interesting. just interesting how, um, you know, it kind of, she finally... The light bulb went off in her head, and 
was like, well, wow, that's, yeah. uh, and, and people don't, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pay it's attention that, to news and current events like we do. But, but when you think about it, see, there's that moment of lucidity when you say, okay, now I understand, and now if you understand the backdrop, because what, what many people don't realize, Walt Disney himself and his brother were producing World War II propaganda films managed by the Committee for Morale. Did you know even that the Committee for Morale even existed? Committee oh, for Morale. Yeah. Is it to decide how much uh, <laughs> to lower the bar each year? <laughs> yes. Well, Disney cartoons were not to make people think, but to make, uh, but to feel something that Disney said would unify his audience, both uh, consisted of parents and children, at an emotionally infantile level. Now, think about that. You see, Disney and the and the degenerates of the Frankfurt School and Tavistock are on the same page because there are people such as Adorno, uh, 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 um, oh, uh, who is it? Tom Adorno, Tim Adorno. Um, you got you got you got and also his I believe it's his brother uh, Ken. But anyway. They spoke about using the, the media in this part to convey emotional latent message, messages to force a retardation in an adult, or the retardation of an adult society. And through again, emotion? Like an yeah. emotional... Um, in an emotional retardation system through brainwashing via your television and these Disney cartoons. This is a product of Tavistock and the United States government and the governments of the West. So you got to understand. So when you see today... The green movement, the save the planet. You look at the Georgia Guidestones. We have to maintain the planet levels under a half a million, or half a billion. Um, uh, where'd this come from? It, it's it's pre-programmed into your head. So then you have conservatives now being classified or being they could be denied guns because of mental disorder. This is how it all wraps together. You see, you've been brainwashed and conditioned to think in a way that you should not have been. And Disney, and I've got an, e- I got an, e- an email saying you're crazy about Disney. Well, do your research. Do your own research. It's right there. Yeah. Uh, to, to add to what you just said, Disney, um, there, there's no question about it because not only can you see it in the images of, uh, still images of parts of the movies, where they put things like uh, the word sex in, uh, I think that was Aladdin, in clouds that dissipate, or they have uh, a drawing of um, genitalia that is not obvious, but when it's pointed out, it's very obvious. They And, and the, what you just spoke about, the emotional uh, manipulation to where uh, people are, are, you see the, uh, the anger and the disconnect when uh, people can't, debate with uh, the opposing view. It's not a mental disorder because somebody uh, disagrees with you, which is what we see with these people. Any opposition to what they believe is deemed um, insanity, is deemed irrational, and it's no longer, you know, you can't sit and have a discussion and disagree and continue to talk. It is to the point where people are not able to cope or mentally... uh, Without getting so angry, they just, you know, we've seen it too often. You try to talk to somebody about what uh, you see the truth as. They don't see the truth as the same, but you can't have a discussion about it because uh, people can't articulate it in a way that um, makes sense in their own mind. They will fly off the handles. They'll get mad. They'll yell. Uh, 
because they can't argue or or critically think this through uh, these arguments through these um and I'm not even articulating myself no, I know you I get that but I uh, get that. that's it, yeah. there's no longer uh friendly discourse in debate it is to the point where people well, lose it when you try to because of, have of, a of different the opinion yes. and do it respectfully yeah because of the brainwashing yeah, because absolutely. of the emotion, emotional immaturity and when you were talking about that, it reminded me of uh, uh, teachings that you hear in, in rehabs and stuff like this where you, if you start using substances, and I think Ted talked about this, that your uh, mental yep. growth stops yep. yes. at that yes. age. Yep. And not until you get clean or, or uh, get away from that um, lifestyle does your uh, mental capacity That's begin right. to grow again. Yep. So. If you start drinking alcohol on a regular basis when you're 14, you're mentally a 14-year-old until you stop that. Um, and and, and there's there's repair necessary to get back to the regrowth. So you're behind mm-hmm. already. Now I'm going to take this a step further. Oh man, I got to get out of here. Yeah, you can. Uh, but I want to just take this a step further. You got be, be, four minutes because it, it's it's important for it's important for people to understand this. Because we haven't even gotten into the insidious part of this, the the more vile, the scarier aspect of of this Disney circus, and uh, uh, in Woodstock, boy, I could again. We're we're gonna next week. I really want to get into this. And folks, you, you tell me, what do you think about this? Do you think we should get into this? In addition to the current news, but the background behind some of this, because Woods Woodstock, for example. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of research. Did you say this at all? I, I asked Paul about that yesterday, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and this is something, uh, I'm going to get back to Disney in a second, but this is something. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on the counterculture, uh, folks, and, and, the, and even back behind that into the Nazi uh, occult. Again, I said Nazi. Go send me an email. I'm going to get in your head. Um, now, Paul McGuire wrote about that in the Babylon Code, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He wrote about that in the Prophecy of the Future of America. He wrote that in the Mass, in Mass Awakening. I had an aha moment when, um, when I was researching Woodstock. Did you know that Woodstock was actually a central intelligence agency experiment through the Tavistock Institute and its American offshoot, Stanford and MIT? Did you know that? Did you know that? You might have been there. LSD was passed out. Acid was passed out by and uh, with the imprimatur of the CIA. Drugs, heroin, all CIA initiatives. Television Today, all CIA initiatives. Part of the uh, oh yeah, not, not CIA, but it's all part of a larger plan. The uh, Hollywood industry basically uh, works with the intelligence community and. Uh, it's been said on our show by a number of guests who are uh, have been there and, and worked in these fields that they basically have a uh, hand-in-hand relationship with each other where the films are not released or without getting clearance from, from the intelligence communities, and the intelligence communities also give um, storylines, information, and or uh, things for the movie makers to insert into the movies. So it is... Uh, it's just propaganda. I mean, they when you have the CIA and Hollywood intertwined, pretty much to the point where you probably have CIA offices in Hollywood, 
Well, you do. You do. Actually, that, that's very true. That's you do have that. You have you have this this incestuous relationship between the CIA and um, yep. and offshoots of Tavistock with Hollywood and the cinematic uh, aspects. And if the movie industry and TV industry was just for entertainment purposes only, that would have no. There would be no reason right. for that right. to, yeah, to of be. Of course in, not. And I just want to, I want to finish this up because we're talking about Disney. How many people? Uh, Mickey Mouse Club. Remember that? The ears. Mm-hmm. Remember my grandma and grandpa took me and my sister to Disney World. We met Mickey Mouse and we got our Mickey ears. And uh, well, it was fun. It's okay. The, this is the scarier part of the Disney circus because <clears throat> for the past fifty plus years, one of the most popular children's shows on television was this this synthetic mix between of real people live music cartoons live interaction between humans and people dressed up as as animal characters you know how many people realize that mickey mouse club was a sinister experiment in mass brainwashing of children through television every child at home you were watching this at home and singing along uh, you know why why because we love you you know it, we <laughs> wear your mouse ears well this was an experiment and every child at home was being indoctrinated in a in a in a membership ritual with promote uh, with promoting from television, uh, and was it was urged to sing along with songs and words that flashed. Remember that flashing on the screen. Okay, identify with animal figures. At the end of the show, there was a sermon by a group leader, a young male adult. Just saying. Okay, whose preaching was reinforced from the in studio musketeers. Oh, yeah. All of this was done while children at home and on stage wore their ears and gave the club a salute. I'll give you a salute. How many people understand today that uh, while they're giving their Mouseketeer salute, they were actually being fed a new pagan-like religion? And it's newly installed God, the mouse. And, of course, we see that God, small g, into now transformed into what we have with respect to the green agenda. If you extrapolate a bit further, parents stepped aside, allowed a mouse, or rather the the television, uh, through a Mickey Mouse to give values to a generation of children who would teach the same, well, I would teach the same values in most cases to their children and their children's children. You're looking at really three, I think, what, two, three, maybe four successive generations subjected to television brainwashing over that period of time. Look at the Disney Club, you know, the yep. kids in the Disney Club. Yep. Some of them, uh, like Britney Spears, and uh, ended up being these, you know, big pop stars, and all who have, many who have openly expressed how they had sold their soul for fame and fortune. But... Um, well, where, where do we see this before that? of their their mental capacity, the uh, overwhelming uh, tragedies that you know come upon them? It's it's just there's just so many sad stories of those people who were you know brought up in that um, in that arena of being child entertainers and uh, the people around them, the the sexual abuse that had went on, the exploitation of these people, the rituals that were involved. Yep. Um, there are some, you know, B-list, C-list actors that have since come out and said they used to go to 
snuff parties where they would attend a party where a person was murdered for entertainment purposes. I mean, the culture of the entertainment industry and, and what it has created uh, is bad enough. But when you have it based around the truth of, you know, just the acting out of pure evil, um, and then they glorify it in the movies, in the TVs, and indoctrinate and brainwash anybody who subjects themselves to it. It's just evil on top of evil on top of evil. And I don't think we'll really understand the depths of it until everything's all said and done. Well, we can just look at Edward Bernays. When you look at... Uh, when you, uh, and Nick Vegas wrote a book that deals yeah. with a lot of this, too, uh, Mind Control. Well, that uh, deals with a lot of Bernays and... Disney. That's right. And Tavistock heavily... Uh, Daniel Estelin, Tavistock Institute, I'm citing heavily there from him, but, you know, you look at Disney, you look at Mickey Mouse, uh, I do want to say that in another time, in another place, what did, what did you see? You saw, um, you saw the Hitler youth of Nazi Germany. They had their rituals. They had their uniforms. They had their symbols. They had their songs. They had their leaders. They had their leaders who preached sermons. They too were told to listen to their parents and become and be patriotic, polite, and well behaved. The trick was to make the Nazis disappear so you, you couldn't, you, you didn't, I mean, disappear behind this, 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 Orwellian style uh, brainwashing. It's not the ideology, though, that disappears, but the, but the, but, but the, uh, uh, the origins. And you see Mickey Mouse, Hitler, same thing. To uh, in the end, you think, wait, what do you, uh, huh? What do you just say? I understood. When you, you think, it sounds like. Oh yes, but see, Bernays, and, and and don't forget, all of this is all of this was done. If you, if you, as we, as we look at these stories today, and, and I'm gonna, just one more thing. You know, we, German elites target hate speech after migrant rape spree. If you wanna, you understand that we are being, we are being fed a lie with respect to gun control here in the United States. I'm sounding the alarm there, but I'm also sounding this because this is coming to the United States. German elites target hate speech after migrant rape, rape spree. You see, they're responding to a wave of sexual assaults by Arabic and North African migrants on New Year's Eve by cracking down on alleged hate speech. Yeah, that's how to do it. And see, how are they accomplishing this? The people are asleep. Why? I just told you why. Not only are they asleep, they are left defenseless. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the uh, the sexual attacks that have been going on. There's new information and news about these in, in Sweden, I think, which is now the new rape capital of the world. More horror sex attacks. Uh, teen girls gang raped by four Syrian nationals in Germany. Stop there for a second, because you asked me earlier on about, about Merkel and Clinton. Yes. Okay, well, you know, Merkel invited with open arms and installed in Germany 1.1 million Muslim migrants into that country oh, yeah. in 2015. 1.1 yeah. million. Yep, and, uh, and, and the interesting thing stay is... Stay tuned, it's coming. Now, uh, not too long ago, you know, she made a, a I would say, a, a move. She tried to say that, you know, we're we're going to stand against the immigration. We're not going to allow it to continue in our country. But the, like you said, the damage was already done. That's right. They already brought the, the and let them come in. And to well, take a fake, right. half-hearted stand against it after you've already allowed it. Uh, I mean, 
But, but this goes so deep. It, we, we know you, this Judeo-Christian culture is being erased from our country, and it's being done under the guise of tolerance. Tolerance of evil is what we have. The conservatives will be denied guns because of mental disorders. That is conservatism, and it's obviously <laughs> being a mental disorder. Mental disorders, I told you about the, what's going on in Lexington, Massachusetts with this, uh, with this idiot, uh, uh, am I allowed to say that? I don't even know. Okay. Um, we're with this uh, Robert Rotberg, a citizen of the town of Lexington. That's taking place. People are saying, uh, he writes too, my proposed amendment, chapter 97 of the Code of Lexington, would be in no way affect ordinary gun or handgun ownership in Lexington. It would, however, prohibit the possession within time limits of assault weapons, semi-automatic rifles that have the capacity to accept large capacity magazines. It's your definition of large. Bottom line is here, you see the language is being used against us. The language is being used against us because of the brainwashing. Folks, I just want to say thank you so much. This was an unexpected uh, uh, appearance tonight. Um, I will be back in, in, in full next week. I just want to say thank you to every person I reached out and, you know, uh, for my wife and, and you know she's she'll be fine she'll be fine we got some tests around and things going on and and a lot of stuff going on so uh but but thank you but thank you for all of the kindness that you've shown us and for your prayers and support and i just want to say it, it means so much to me each and every one of you means so much to me and uh again jd veronda joe uh, eric joe god bless you thank you for everything you've done and until next week, I've got to run. Ladies and gentlemen, our first in-studio guest. <laughs> no. Um, wow. 20 minutes till the top of the hour. And uh, that was good. Excellent, excellent stuff we covered. Um, heavy, though, as we consider what it means and, and where we go from here and how to deal with it, because it has already completely encompassed our society and way of life. And people are so um, comfortable now with working and coming home and sitting on the couch and turning the TV on. They don't think twice about what they're watching. I mean, but I don't know. It's just the History Channel or, uh, you know, I'm not watching anything crazy, gory. or uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. All the programming, radio, film that is uh, on the mainstream has a purpose it has a hidden overt and and subtle message in there it has the uh, predictive programming it has the uh, subconscious and uh, behind the scenes i forget the uh term when you watch tv and your brain falls into the hypnotic type state and i don't remember why i can't remember the word but uh just by turning on the tv it said the first time you turn on the TV, it takes 45 seconds of watching the TV before the um, flicker rate makes your brain into a suggestible state. The second time, it takes five seconds. And then that's the way it is for the rest of the time of your life watching TV. And uh, this is all going to end badly for people who refuse to unplug from the world and what the world is offering and go back to the basics go back to the root in the word uh, it's going to end badly we're going to spend the rest of this hour getting into some important news and information and then we're going to be joined by John Little of OmegaShock.com after the break so with the 20 minutes we have left we will hit the news that is important 
Financial news first. Um, the Dow has closed down triple digits as stocks end one of the first, the worst weeks ever. Worst first weeks ever. Um, U.S. stocks closed about 1% lower Friday, ending the year's first trading week with sharp losses as concerns about China and global economic slowdown persist. And uh, my comment just to that first paragraph is the global economic slowdown has been an ongoing trend since the so-called recession in 2009. And I know, folks, you remember after uh, a few years of the recession, they the they being the media, the economists, would begin to say things like we are seeing the recession ending and uh, the economy's picking up. You remember the unemployment rates when Bush left office were 8%, very high, uh, and now we're supposed to believe they're around 5%, even though the conditions are so much worse than when Bush did leave office. Uh, and the national debt we see is at $18 trillion plus, and that was, at the end of the last administration, about $9 trillion. So Bush doubled the national debt by, uh, in his term, eight years, and Obama has done the same in his eight years, doubling the national debt again, spending more than all presidents before him combined, and will go on TV and say that he has cut the national debt in half. Um, don't know how that is justified or gets away with it, but uh, that's what they claim. And uh, continuing with this economic news, the Dow Jones, Industrial average and the S&P 500 had their worst first five-day performance of the year in history, according to data from Howard Silverblatt, senior index analyst at S&P Dow Jones Indicates. The major indexes lost out this week and losses of nearly six percent or more. They're worse since 2011. The major advantages, stru- or, I'm sorry, the major averages struggled for gains throughout the session before turning lower as the close approaches. I don't think anyone who wants to take on any risk risk for this weekend, you just had the worst week in the start of the new year in market history. Why would you want to go out long, Jeremy Klein, chief market strategist? The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed near session lows, down 167 points, more than giving up opening gains of 137 points. Um, then it gets into individual companies and how they did, but the charts and graphs of... I don't know how much. Eric, you can uh, maybe see this here. Six-month weekly performance. I'll blow this up. These charts, um, if you, um, I don't have them handy, but what I'll have to do uh, for next week is we'll have to put some together because when you look at the, uh, throughout Obama's presidential uh, administration, and we can even take it back through Bush's, uh, since 9-11, probably, that's a good place to start. It's interesting how our economy is, uh, things are getting more expensive. Jobs are becoming harder to find. The uh, people on welfare and other government entitlements and uh, programs have increased to about 50 million Americans. Yet we see this trend where the stock market is hitting record highs. And that's just uh, the manipulation of the markets. And we've had so many economists on who have talked about this. I wanted to get Jerry Robinson back on, and we're going to try and do that here for this month, um, follow the money. 
he sends us updates all the time, uh, and you can subscribe for the free updates at followthemoney.com. But he has some great insights, and they monitor trends, both good and bad. And uh, he's one of the few people I know who said, you know, he can take a uh, stock market crash and, and make money on it. Uh, not that um, that was something he said that he was bragging about, but his point was that in any financial climate, if you know what you're doing, you can make financial gain from it, even though it's other people's loss. And that's what these people do. They uh, they manipulate the stock prices. They have these uh, high-volume trades, and they do these quick trades, pennies pennies on the dollar, or pennies uh, differences, but these millions of transactions with you know pennies here and there add up to hundreds of millions of dollars over periods of weeks. And the manipulation is so much so that uh, some people in the financial sector are retiring because they just can't honestly conduct business with other people's money knowing it is being used only to gain uh, money for the few financial elite who not only know how to work the system but know how to control it. All right, moving on. Um, we did touch on the Obama gun comment about him talking about this as a conspiracy, and I'm going to read part of the transcript here from Anderson Cooper's interview, Obama on the conspiracy to take away guns. The United States was born on suspicious of some distant authority. And this was uh, a comment the president made while on Anderson Cooper. Uh, this Mark Kelly. Often when you hear in the debate of expanding background checks to more gun sales, and as you know, Gabby and I are 100% behind the concept of somebody getting a background check before buying a gun. Gabby Gifford is who he's referring to, a uh, uh, politician who was shot in the head by a gunman in Texas who survived, and that gunman killed a, a judge, a federal judge, and uh, shot several others during that, uh, I think it was in 2009 in Arizona. It goes on to say, when the... When testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, we heard not only from the gun lobby, but from the United States Senators that expanding background checks will uh, lead to a registry, a gun registry, which will lead to confiscation, which will lead to a tyrannical government. So I would like you to explain with 350 million guns in 65 million places, households from Key West to Alaska, 350 million objects in 65 million places. If the federal government wanted to confiscate those objects, how would they do that? Uh, then Obama says, well, look, first of all, every time I see Gabby, I am just so thrilled because I visited her in the hospital, and as I mentioned, I think in the speech in the White House, when we left the hospital to go to a memorial service, we got word that Gabby opened her eyes for the first time. We did not think she was going to be here, and she is. Mark's been extraordinary. That's her husband. And by the way, Mark's twin brother is up in space right now. Uh, okay, to the gun stuff. Anderson Cooper says, now let me jump in here. Is this fair to call it a conspiracy? And what are they referring to in conspiracy? The president said, there's a long history. It's in your DNA. The United States was born of suspicious of some distant authority. So, again, Anderson Cooper jumps in and says, is it fair to call it a conspiracy? The president says, well, yeah. Anderson Cooper responds by saying, there's a lot of people that really believe this deeply. And, uh... Obama says, I'm sorry, Cooper, yes, it is fair to call the conspiracy, to call it a conspiracy. 
what you are saying. Are you suggesting that the notion that we are creating a plot to take everybody's guns away so that we can impose martial law? Cooper says, not everybody, but there's certainly a lot. Obama goes on to say, but a conspiracy? Yes, that is a conspiracy. I would hope that all would agree with that. Uh, and he went on to say, what I mean to say, I'm going to be here for another year. I don't know when I would have started on this enterprise. I come from the state of Illinois, which we've been talking about Chicago. The downstate Illinois is closer to Kentucky than it is to Chicago. Everybody hunts down there and a lot of folks own guns. And this is not like alien territory to me. I've got a lot of friends like Mark who were hunters who just came back from Alaska um, and ate a moose that was shot and it was very good. So yes, it is a false notion that I believe it is circulated for political reasons or commercial reasons in order to prevent a coming together among people of goodwill to develop a uh, common sense rules that will make it safer while preserving the Second Amendment. And he goes on to continue to talk about how guns have paralyzed our, gun violence has paralyzed our society and making sure that we keep the guns out of the hands of those who are either mentally in, incompetent or uh, criminally uh, have a criminal history. And he goes on to talk about the drug manufacturers and the people who are on uh, drugs and how they need to have a registry for uh, people who are on medications who try to apply for guns and how that should basically, uh, if you're on medication, you should not be allowed to own a gun. But what is telling here is the fact that Obama, as he and the administration draft and implement executive actions on firearms to limit the ability to get those for uh, law-abiding citizens, while at the same time saying it's not a conspiracy to take away your guns, just goes to show you that these people can get away with anything. I mean, they're doing something right in front of your face, announcing it, while at, out of the other side of their mouth saying, no, it's a lie, we're not doing this. And nobody's held accountable, ever. Uh, he has done nothing but lie. I would venture to say every statement he's made as president, you can go look and find that the opposite was in fact the case. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your health plan. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Every scandal he's been involved in, in his administration and those around him. No accountability, regardless if it was criminal in nature, if it was and Hillary Clinton is a great example of this. Today we have new information about her email scandal. Uh, Clinton has now been accused of instructing an aide to remove classified material and information from uh, their server. Smoking gun. Email suggests Hillary broke the law. Now this is uh, something that really gets to me because she's running for president. Yet at the same time you have people in the law enforcement community who are actually on this case or related to this case saying that this is a criminal investigation not a uh, uh, a hearing in the in the Senate to determine what changes need to be made so this doesn't happen again this is a criminal investigation being conducted by the FBI so she's running for president while under investigation for <clears throat> excuse me breaking the law as Secretary of State for uh, a number of reasons, 
most importantly, uh, taking classified material in a unresponsible way by having our own server, not using the government server, then lying about it further by destroying the server, and it just goes on and on. Here's what the article says. The latest batch of Hillary Clinton emails revealed by the State Department Friday contain what may be the smoking gun that forces the Justice Department to charge former Secretary of State with Hillary Clinton with a crime. I don't see that happening. The Justice Department is filing charges against Hillary Clinton. But let's uh, entertain this thought and continue with the article um, as we're running out of time, top of the hour here. This is gigantic, said DG, uh, the prosecutor, federal prosecutor Joseph. She caused to be removed a classified marking, and then it transmitted in an unencrypted manner. That is a felony. She removed the classified marking. That's a federal crime alone. It is the same thing to order someone to do it as if she had done it herself. On June 17, 2011, email chain with Deputy Secretary Advisor Jake Sullivan, Clinton apparently asked Sullivan to change the marking on classified information so that it had no longer been flagged as classified. Um, and all this stuff about the marking and of classified material and, and being able to unmark it, I had no understanding of this until this email scandal came, but apparently... All sensitive and classified information has special marks on it. Just think of a business that has, um, you know, their letterhead on on each piece of paper. Apparently, these can be removed, and it is no longer, uh, when you just look at it at face, appearing to be classified. So whether she removed those markings herself or asked somebody else to remove them is irrelevant because it's a crime either way. So now... Uh, she had used her private email server and used it with and had classified material on it in an unsecure fashion to the point that uh, other countries, hackers, could access it. Uh, there was not the, it was not protected by encryption and the uh, same government uh, technology that they used to keep these things secret and classified. So she was just basically, uh, if she wanted to, you know, she could have been committing mass treason by sharing what was classified information by unmarking it and using it as though it was uh, just regular, um, non-important or secretive national security pertaining information. But by instructing her aid and sending material marked classified as unclassified, she, it is not clear that she may only have received the information, but intended uh, to distribute it. And this means that uh, she, when she says she never received anything marked or classified, she in fact did only after she instructed her uh, aide to remove all the classified tags. So, uh, in a quick sentence to summarize it, um, basically she removed all the indicators that one would understand as classified material for her own convenience of using her own server. All this criminal charges possible, doubtful, but it just speaks to the kind of person that she is, and this is not the first scandal she's been involved in. We know, you know, the big part of Benghazi, the Muammar Gaddafi, um, 
and this is the Democratic frontrunner who will get the Democratic nomination and quite possibly the presidency if elected. And we have the lawlessness of this president. And if Hillary Clinton were to be elected, um, how much more would the lawlessness be expanded without being checked? One thing we have to understand is when somebody encroaches on our, our territory, whether it is religious, it is political, um, and I'll use the example of, you know, standing at the edge of a cliff. You are standing there. Ten feet away behind you is the cliff where you can fall off. And somebody is in front of you, and they get right in your face, your personal space, and you back up, right? They're encroaching on you. And they continue to encroach and encroach, and you offer no resistance. You keep backing up. Pretty soon you're going to fall off that cliff when you hit the edge. If we do not push back all the the rights that we uh, have, the freedoms we have that are being taken away are going to continue to be taken away in a much faster pace as we continue to let it happen. We A good example of not letting the encroachment continue was the TSA um, opt-out uh, Thanksgiving protest where uh, it was Alex Jones of InfoWars who organized and started the opt-out where he said everybody on Thanksgiving, the travel holiday, should, you know, opt-out, causing a, you know, huge backlog and clog of at the airports of people not wanting to go through the body scanners instead being patted down. That was the opt-out rule which has now been um, done away with. You no longer have the option to opt out, but the TSA was so intimidated and was so worried about what was going to happen, they shut down the actual uh, scanners, so they did not run into that problem. And that is not letting somebody encroach. The Tea Party flag, don't tread on me. The more we let people tread on us, the more that they encroach and tread, and we don't offer resistance and resistance doesn't have to be something physical it can be verbal um, when we are indifferent it's the same thing it will be all taken away from us and whether you like it or not um, it doesn't matter it's I mean these you either have to step up and and take a stand or you're gonna get run over or pushed off a cliff and this goes for not only the uh, political world and, and, you know, the realm of our rights as individuals and Americans, but more specifically, our spiritual life. If we let the devil encroach on us and we give him that space, he's going to try to take it all, including our soul and all those around us. Folks, we'll be back with John Little on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this January 8th, 
2016 edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is Friday, and we are joined by Mr. John Little. Omegashock.com is the website. Omegashock.com. Bookmark that website, as there is uh, it's a great source for um, up-to-date and pertinent information. And uh, we have Mr. Little with us now. We're going to get into some economic news and other news that Mr. Little is observing and get his input on as we see uh, in the economy just the instability not only in the United States markets but in the global markets and it talks it uh, shows the interconnectedness of the markets people have been talking about this for a while as they say the global economy will continue to become so interconnected that a stock market crash in China would lead to a crash in the United States and that is appearing to be more true than ever today. With that, Mr. John Little, welcome back to the Hagman Hagman Report. Hey, Joe, it's great to be here. And and uh, good Friday, I guess every Friday is a good Friday, so good Friday to everybody, although I have to be careful about saying that. But, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll second that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I am mentally and, and just just uh you know drained it, it's about time for the weekend and uh, it's been a long week it's a good week but uh it's a, it's a good friday well as i look out the window it's a wonderful saturday here in taipei and uh i can just tell you i mean all of my warning signals are flashing red um you know, it's been a long time since I've been in the finance business myself, so you know, don't don't take my word for it. Do your own research. But I'm telling you, this has been a horrendous week, and I mean, we saw that this was going to be coming last fall. I mean, just a few months ago, we were seeing you know the Baltic Dry Index crashing. Uh, we saw the you know, job numbers and and a lot of statistical information was telling us that bad times were ahead but this week whoa and just to remind everybody um, fear and greed drive the markets not fundamentals fear and greed and you know when when things go up greed kicks in and everybody rushes into the market and you sort of so if you can keep track of the fear and the greed that's your best way of, of figuring out when to get into markets and get out of markets. I've always said, and this is from when I was a finance professional, that the best uh, degree or best course of study that you can have uh, if you go to college is psychology, and in this case, mass psychology. And right now, you know, it's always possible that the powers that be, uh, or shouldn't be, might actually pull a, a bit of the shirt out of the fire uh, and kind of turn these markets around. But, you know, I, we're, I, I believe that we're seeing fear enter the markets. And when you see that with, with price-to-earnings ratios that are so high in an overvalued market, especially in China, we're talking serious problems. And as I sort of look out across the Straits of Taiwan over to China, man, it's bad. I mean, we're talking, uh, those of you that are in stocks, by the way, you should get out, but those of you that are in stocks, when we're talking price-to-earnings ratios of 60, that's just, that's amazing. You just don't go there. 60, 
60 times uh, earnings is just incredible. Yeah, can you explain what the uh, the price uh, what you price the earnings ratio is? Okay, so earnings, of course, is the profits that a, a company makes. All right, and then the mm-hmm. price is just the so you you take you know the the complete amount of earnings, and then you take the complete you take all the shares that a company owns, you know, multiplied by its price. So you take those two figures: earnings on top, price on the bottom. Uh, or no. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, no wait problem. a second. It's early in the morning on Saturday. I, you know, I didn't it get to sleep early. in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Price on top, earnings on the bottom. So you divide the price by the earnings, and that number you come up with is is a value uh, is a value calculation. So, okay. By comparison, the the American markets, you know, as bad as they are, are actually kind of cheap compared to the Chinese markets. Sixty times earnings, uh, as far as a, a price of the stock, is really high. And just to give you a better idea what a P/E ratio means, that's what you know when you're looking at the stock charts. This is P slash E. Yeah, that P/E ratio. Uh, another way of looking at it is the amount of time you would have to hold that stock assuming that earnings continue at the same level they are now, for that stock, for you to get your money back. Okay? okay. So in this case, think about the poor Chinese that, you know, and, and so many of them are these poor farmers that thought they were going to make lots of money. They're going to have to hold that stock for 60 years to get their money back. Now, of course, hope you know they're hoping that the earnings will go up and all that, but uh, this is, it's just really bad. And right now, um, we're seeing interesting things that are happening. The uh, Chinese government is threatening stockbrokers and fund, you know, mutual fund managers and things like If you sell your stocks, if you sell your portfolio, they take you in for questioning and you might not come back. So, in fact, uh, there was a one fellow, I did, this, this one sticks in my mind, he got the dreaded phone call, and when he put the phone down, he turns to his colleague and says, take care of my wife. So in America, they talk about, yeah. you know, uh, Joe, you had mentioned uh, just before we went on air that, you know, some of these the stockbrokers. Yeah, the suicides, the involuntary, what is it, involuntary flying lessons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these these guys are, are disappearing, and they're coming in for questioning. So there's fear of selling. And so when I see that the fear of losses of money is overcoming their fear of being called in and disappearing, I mean, we've lost just about 10% over the last few days in the Shanghai Stock Exchange Composite Index. So it's really, really, the fear is really driving this market. And, and when you talk about trying to bring that stock market down to a, a price to earnings ratio that's that's a little more relevant this is we're, we're, we are going to see massive losses coming massive now the other thing is that we have just also this week uh, seen the Baltic dry index uh, collapse to its lowest level I mean I was shocked at what we saw just a few months ago but now we're seeing well, shipping companies that are shipping commodities, we're talking iron, uh, steel, copper, uh, any kind of 
industrial input, including also agricultural inputs, uh, fertilizer, and also agric- uh, grain, things like that. Anything that you load into a ship in bulk, you just kind of pour it in. It's not in a, a container. Uh, that shipping index, we've never seen it this low. And that means, well, it means one of two things. Either someone bought so many ships and they're flooding the market with empty ships, which is a little difficult to do, or, and this is more likely, the companies that are buying these inputs to our economy just aren't buying anymore. And the reason why they're not buying is that either they have too much, say they made a mistake and they just decided to buy too much, or they can't use it. And the thing is, we have to assume that the people that are buying commodities are pretty reasonable people, just like you and me. Uh, Although my wife can tell you that I'm not always reasonable. (laughs) So the thing is that when people aren't buying, there's a reason for it. And I'm afraid that I know the reason. The economy is collapsing. We have not seen it this bad in decades. Not 2008 and 2009. Not 2001, 2000. No, decades. Since the Baltic Dry Index was first started, I think it was 35 years ago, 40, I'm not sure. So the point is... We have all the flashing indicators that are pointing towards an economy that is collapsing. Now, as I said before, psychology drives these markets. So when we talk about the economy, it doesn't necessarily mean that the stock exchanges will collapse, but it's a warning sign that as the investors look at the economy and as they look at their investors on either side of them and they say, wait a second, this guy and that guy is going to panic, so I'd better panic first. So there's going to be this rush out the door, and that door is pretty small. So a lot of people aren't going to make it out. So those of you that are in stocks right now, I'm not a finance professional. I'm not giving you advice, but I'm telling you what I would do. I would get out now. So now the other side of this is that, um, and and this is an interesting, now as we we look at at all that's happening, that's kind of a longer-term view. Short term, it's a little hard to know because as the Chinese um, are, you know, so they're selling their stocks. Okay, so what are they going to do when they get all these these yuan in, in their portfolios? They've sold their stocks. They're getting out. What do they do with it? Well, right now, the dollar is the safest bet out there. I mean, everybody thinks that the U.S. dollar is the best currency in the world. Now, you and I have a different view of those things, but... Nevertheless, they think that the dollar is great. It's an issue of perception. So we're going to see a lot of these Chinese trying to to buy dollars. So we may actually see, for a short term, short time, the dollar go up. And, of course, they're not going to just yeah. buy dollars. They're going to go in and buy assets with those dollars. And the question is key. what? And that's key. The question is, is, is what are they going to buy? I can't read the minds of the average Chinese investor. Um, of course, they aren't exactly average. They're going to have lots of money. So anyway, um, we may see lots of real estate. We may see, may even see stocks and bonds. I don't know. But you should not trust that. Okay? So even though the dollar may go up, even though the U.S. stock market may see a bit of a bump as some of those Chinese dollars and then who knows, Indian dollars and all the other dollars start flooding into our markets, there may be a bump up. I don't know. 
I mean, it's been pretty bad right now, so we're already setting a psychological point that is pretty scary. So, uh, because I, I right now, we're seeing this is the worst opening for the U.S. stock markets in decades. I think we said uh, in, in history. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, no, I, an I'm sure you're from right. NBC, the, uh, op- the worst first week ever uh, yeah. is the headline on CNBC. So when you set that beginning as people are looking at their portfolios and they're saying, hmm, okay, so what am I going to do this year? And a lot of these people are going to say, you know what? I don't trust the market because there could be a panic and I need to get out. So even though some of us are going to say, oh, yeah, great, all these Chinese dollars are going to come flooding in the market. It's going to it's going to push up the U.S. stock markets. Be careful because as the American investor begins to panic, the Chinese investor is going to go, well, I'm not going to go for stocks. I'll go for something else because that's not so good either. So there's a lot of competing factors. And frankly, my point to everybody and to myself, and this is something that I have done, is stay safe. Get out of danger. What is the, what was it? Danger, Will Robinson? Yeah, danger. Uh, well, you, every, you said fear and greed. Fear and greed. Driving the uh, decisions. And I can't think of one example of uh, when f- acting out of fear or deciding something based on f- your fear would end in a good result. Um, Absolutely. Actually, so the, the, it's, it's uh, counterintuitive to see people doing uh, economic decisions from a state of fear, um, especially economic decisions, because that's uh, you can see your whole life savings, your whole pension just disappear uh, with the wrong move, and, and fear you know, is something that makes you almost um, not unstable, but you definitely don't think properly. It's more of a chaotic mind state, and that's kind of the worst time to make a decision of such importance. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a, there's that wonderful phrase that comes out of Frank Herbert's uh, science fiction novel, Dune. And he says, fear is the mind killer. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Fear will destroy your ability to, to think straight. Okay, so no one should make decisions out of fear. What they should make decisions out of is a very sort of um, careful, thoughtful, wise set of choices. Um, bad times are coming, and just as our ancestors, you know, we're we're used to sort of living in warm environments where the heating turns on the heating is on and the lights turn on when we want them to turn on we're not used to having the same kind of mindset that our ancestors had where they had to prepare for the winter they had to prepare for a disaster so and they weren't it yeah. wasn't out of fear it was just out of just wisdom and so what i'm talking about is when i say danger when I say get, you know, get to a safe place financially, I'm talking about just good sound preparation. Don't panic. Just good sound preparation. Although, having said that, there may be a time for panic. I think we're getting possibly close to the time where we say, you know what? I think the best decision right now is just panic. 
Uh, <clears throat> so I, I mean, I, so I'm hoping that people will make the right decision before the time for panic actually happens. <clears throat> and you said something very important there about you know how our uh, grandparents, great grandparents used to live, and they did have to prepare. They did have to can food. And one thing that is terribly backwards with our society today is we're so reliant on the comforts that the uh, you know technological revolution, industrial revolution has given us that we don't. I don't think we can function uh, effectively or even um, normally as it, just the power goes out. We can't do anything today, uh, yeah. and, and we're not prepared to live in a world where uh, these comforts of society are taken away. I mean, it would turn into chaos. Whereas a hundred years ago, it wouldn't have mattered because this was how people lived, and they lived not to prepare for disasters, but that's just <clears throat> part of life. And Absolutely. we've lost, sadly, uh, that dynamic and. and uh, we live in a, a instant gratification and, and culture of greed and of trinkets and uh, ADD type uh, attention spans and people have no thought of the future or how that could affect them you know with how they're behaving and, and acting and what they're doing today it is just a complete disconnect it's like two separate worlds uh, and that could come crashing down and you will find yourself helpless if you do not take simple steps today. It's almost common sense that's been lost. <clears throat> oh, um, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's you are absolutely correct. And unfortunately, America and, you know, sort of the quote-unquote developed world is following what all the empires that fell before them are following, which is this sense of everything that is happening now it will happen in the future Everything is going to be great. Nothing will change. Tomorrow will be as bright as today. And that is just not true. And anyone with a view of history can tell you that that is the case. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I guess my throat is choking up. Anyway, <laughs> so the, so, so the, the, my advice to people <clears throat> in terms of economy and, and everything what you said is makes me want to go in so many different directions, but I want to say this one thing. <clears throat> that people, I think, need to do. I do not know of another investment. You know, it's like take your money out of stocks. Okay, John, what do I do with my money? Take it out of the banks. Well, now what do I do with my money? I can only tell you what I'm doing, and that is gold and silver. And, you know, and, and I believe in finding, and please make sure you do this, find a Christian who, ha who sells gold and silver, and the, the one that I know in, in America is Steve Quayle. And I'm not saying that because, you know, he I get nothing from him for saying this. In fact, he might actually say, John, why are you saying such good things about me? Hmm. The um, Steve Quayle is a good brother in Christ, and I believe that you should do business with good brothers in Christ. Please. Absolutely. And it, but if it's not Steve Quayle, you know... Someone else. I mean, I think I, I did as, uh, on my website, you can do a search for buying gold and silver and something. And there's like three or four others there that you can actually buy gold and silver from. Okay. And my rule of thumb is as much silver as you can carry and then as much gold as you can afford because silver per ounce is heavier 
you know, hundred dollars of silver is is more is heavier than a hundred dollars of gold. Okay. Yes, it is. And someone reached out to me recently and says, John, are you still so positive about silver? And yes, I wish I had more silver, a higher ratio of silver to gold in terms of what I own. Um, and I don't own that much because I'm, you know, I'm not rich. But of course, now anytime you have anything that is in the positive balance, you're considered rich. But um, so yes, I still believe in it. Not because I believe in gold and silver. Please get me. Don't get me wrong. The uh, I just don't know of anything else that is portable and holds its value and every and it's universally understood as valuable. Gold yes. and silver will not go to zero. Okay. Now there may be one time you know, and there are moments in time in which it will go to zero because you can't eat gold or silver. Okay. So there may be come, there will come a time in which you will sell your gold and silver for something that is more important, like food and water. And so as we look at the dangers that are coming, please understand that you can't eat your gold and eat your silver. So food and water are going to be more important than gold and silver. And I'll tell you something even more important than that, and that is your the safety of your location. If you cannot trust your neighbors with your life because... They will come and take it yep. when things really fall apart. What good is it to have if uh, you have no way of protecting it? And as you said about gold and <clears throat> silver, uh, not only universally but historically, it has been the only uh, form of actual currency. And only in the last hundred years or so since the invention of paper money uh, for the purposes of, of exploitation of actual wealth, um, have we been brought into this paper society and the gold and silver and you say you're getting questions you know like how do you still believe it, that silver will hold its value or is worth having um, it is a tangible asset that has been used throughout time as money but people don't understand that today and it's just it's not even taught in schools, and obviously that's purposeful. But the uh, amount of common sense in today's society, especially in the economic world, uh, tells me that what you said earlier is more true than ever about the greed. Uh, if it's not making money or if it's not, you know, the stocks can go up and down in a day um, <clears throat> in a way that you can, you know, gain or lose it all. But... Uh, the gold and silver and, and precious metals, um, they are stable. They have always been and they always will be, at least until, like what you said, uh, when everything stops and you can't eat your gold or silver, people will care more about food. But there has never, I mean, this is the money. The money we have today, paper money, is not money. As much right. as they well, want you to believe. Well, the one thing, by the way, just is a, is a caveat. And um, look, uh, gold and silver are vulnerable to all the same things that anything else of value is. It's the the, the value mm-hmm. of gold and silver is what everybody considers it considers it to be. Okay, so I mean, it, you know, if someone uh, irradiated all the gold and so you couldn't actually hold it in your hands, the value of gold would go down. Uh, it's an inter- you know, so I don't want people to think that gold and silver cannot go down in value. It can. I'm not saying it will. It's actually pretty cheap right now. I mean, if you really 
wanted to get in on a good deal. It's a pretty good deal right now because the cost of currently the cost of getting gold and silver out of the ground is actually higher yeah. than the the price that we have. So if as a value investor, because I always like a good deal, I you know I like I don't buy anything unless it's on sale. All right. Right now, gold and silver is on sale. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you got a huge. It's like fifty percent off or something. Even people with with very little, uh, you know, expendable money, silver is still affordable. Oh yeah, and it's and actually the best deal of all is silver. Now there is one. Now is a it's kind of a, a warning to people that are that are interested in following my advice. It's like I've got yeah, don't follow my advice. Warning, warning. Well, okay, follow it, but just understand the danger. Um. There is an industrial component to silver, okay? So because it's it's used in everything, it's consumed by industry, which is also a good a good thing because there's less and less of it as time goes on. So the value, the future value of silver will eventually go very very high because we're consuming it. I think ninety percent of silver yeah. is used in products and, and other things. Yeah. Well, there's actually uh, less silver above ground uh, than gold. So if you really want to talk about how much silver there is available and how much gold there is available, my understanding is that there's actually less silver. But um, but we still can mine it, we can still get it. The problem is that the economy is low. So there is that part of silver that is declining because of, or it has declined because of the the industrial application of silver, and we're, we're going to be using less of it because of the economy is so bad. But... Uh, the the thing of the ratio of silver to gold is something like sixty to one, and that is that is an uh, an a historic value that it or that is a historically low value. It should yeah, be well, more like sixteen to one. Yeah, fifteen to one. to one. As I thought, if I remember correctly, was the uh, about the average uh, from history. But right. sixty to one. <clears throat> About sixty to one. If I, it's been a while since I've looked at that ratio, but yes. Uh, so expect silver to go up. Now I don't expect it to go up to its twenty to one or fifteen to one ratio. It might go up to thirty to one. Well, that's still a doubling in price. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, but any, but it, but then again, short term anything can happen. Long term, that's different. So short term, I'm telling everybody, please get out. Of the markets. Uh, again, that's my advice to myself. And whenever I share advice with anybody, I'm always following that advice. So I'm telling you what I'm doing. Uh, now, the the other side of this is, you know, how do you how do you buy silver and gold? It's up to you. Um, I tend to go all in, <laughs> but both feet, and I tend to time the markets badly, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get things wrong so much, so if you follow me, it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but the the thing is that, uh, you know, you can, you can dollar cost average like a little bit at a time, although your individual, you know, you will get less of a good price for silver and gold. Uh, you can do that better with silver because the price is so much lower. So if you go to your local coin dealer and you buy just a c- coin or two at a time, uh, you know that that will uh, you know you'll be able to at least have more peace of mind if you're worried about the 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 short term future of gold and silver. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's up to you. By the way, another reason 
why you might want to, why I believe you want to deal with a Christian dealer in gold and silver, is that they will be concerned to make more concerned about making sure that the gold and silver that they buy is real. Okay, so we're getting silver, not so much now because the price, you know, the price is so low. But eventually, we'll start seeing silver that has copper in it, and then there's gold that has tungsten. Oh yeah, you don't you don't want that, okay? And you want you know, and and you and a good dealer in gold and silver will be listening for the fraud that is out there, and will be trying to make sure that you don't get defrauded, and will try to make sure that you get. What you asked for when you asked for it. Remember, I, we as go ahead. If, if I can, um, this just uh, popped in my head while you were saying that. Do you think that's why the uh, paper, gold, and silver markets are so popular? Oh, or, or are those oh. unrelated? No, I mean, well, okay. First of all, um, boy, you <laughs> just all kinds of flags flew up when you said that. Um, yeah, well, this no, is an inter- interesting the, the paper, gold, and silver buying. Um, you know, if you, uh, just for me, if I was going to buy silver, it was, I'm going to go buy the actual coin, not a certificate saying I have a coin. And the only thing I can think of is people weary of fraud or, or you know, counterfeit, so they, no. they go buy the certificates. No. Actually, in this case, it's an issue of uh, the easy ability to actually include gold and silver in your portfolio. Uh, remember that yeah. most of the money that's sloshing around out there is has been soaked up by financial markets and it's the the reason why we have paper, gold and silver is the financialization. When people talk about financialization it's, it's really taking uh, placing uh, investment items in the financial markets, like the financialization of uh, mortgages. You know, they went and took all these mortgages and they bundled them together into financial instruments, and then sold them on the market. And all the problems that came from that. So they have financialized gold, and well, and so this is one of the reasons why we have 300 pieces of paper gold for every one piece of gold. <laughs> And this is a huge thing. It's basically, it, it's a kind of um, what we call a fractional reserve gold, where, you know, you might have, like in a fractional reserve banking, a bank is required to have, like, about maybe, I'm not sure what it 10%. is now. Well, okay, 10% is actually very high in, oh. uh, it, it's been a long time since I've actually looked at the reserve requirements for banks these days. They may be higher than they were, but I know at one time, I think at one point it was like 2%. And so they, they will, they will push up that reserve requirement to, so that banks, when they do fail, will actually have cash on hand to give to their clients. Well, now we're seeing that, that happen with gold. So people that have bought paper gold. So if you have gold in your portfolio and you don't put it, have it in your hands, well, guess what? you are competing with 299 other people for that piece of gold that you think you own. And yeah. we have... So so those that are sitting like, oh, yeah, I'm not in the stock market. I'm in gold. Okay, but do you have it in your hands? Well, no, it's actually... Oh, it's with the, the Comex or it's with, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase or... Uh, well, no, you don't own it. And, and how many, uh, I wonder how many people remember the Comex. Um, 
Gerald Salente was was involved in this, where the uh, and Corzine, where where <coughs> the, it, it just disappeared, the uh, the money just disappeared, and this from fractional reserve banking to fractional reserve metal selling, uh, yeah, it just gets more depraved, uh, and and like you said, three hundred people fighting for one piece of gold. All the while, while that one paper or one piece of gold was sold three hundred times, uh, three hundred different times, you know the the person selling doing that selling is laughing all the way to the bank while everybody else is is fighting for that piece of gold. Right, and it's an interesting thing. You know, a lot of people will say, "Well, you know, it's all intentional." Uh, as I have looked at the financial markets, a lot of it is just a natural progression of greed and fear. Now, not the fear part, because it's greed that is getting 300 people uh, to being by, you know, circulating that piece of gold around. And, of course, the piece of gold doesn't move. It's sitting in, in a warehouse, in a large Comex warehouse or wherever. Uh, so, but the problem is, is that these expectations, and this is where, as we have a, an economy and a financial market and, a, and a, just a, a society that has inflated expectations, when those expectations crash down to reality, we're, we're going to see this, this massive disruption. People are going to go nuts. Okay? And the, there is a, this, this group of evil, disgusting, vile, horrible people that I hope is the opposite of you and I. The problem is, is that we all have a capacity for being disgusting, vile, and horrible. But, and this is one of the reasons why when I, I place in my articles uh, links to people that have come out of the Illuminati, people that even though they don't call themselves Illuminati, um, the, the New World Order, those that have come out from that satanic elite, and they talk about their experiences, I provide links to those articles as I find them because it helps to illustrate how evil these people are and their desire and ability to actually take advantage of what's going to happen. We're going to be seeing, because wealth is actually not going to be destroyed. It's going to be transferred. It's going to be moving from our hands to their arms. And as, as one person said, uh, you know, it's sort of like wealth is transferred from weak hands to strong arms. And that's what's going to be happening now. We're going to be seeing titles to assets change to someone else. You know, you thought you owned your house. Well, guess what? Not anymore. Uh, we're starting to see, we're, well, we're going to see people thrown on the street. We're going to see just horrible things happen. Will it happen in 2016? We'll see. Right now, this week was really bad. There's also something else that as we sort of look forward into 2016, and one of the things that will be driving our perception of financial markets will be things like oil. Right now, the Middle East is in a lot of trouble, and Saudi Arabia is in a lot of trouble. So all they've been pumping like crazy to help defeat... Well, it's, okay, I have to be careful here. A lot of people have been saying that Saudi Arabia has been doing this on purpose to try and destroy Russia or destroy the United States in terms of their own um, oil industry. I'm not completely certain about that. I think that there is some sort of, of strategy involved there, 
But there's also a problem of Saudi Arabia. As the price of oil goes down, Saudi Arabia wants to maintain their market share. It's a little hard to know. Whatever the case is, the upheaval in the Middle East will affect the availability of oil. Right now, we've got lots of it. In fact, our storage is full, which is one of the reasons why oil is so cheap. And the economy and demand for oil is so low. When economy is low, trucks don't drive as far. Those machine tools that are, or the the generators that require oil and all of that, it's not being used as much, and so therefore there is less need for oil. Oil is not being sold, less demand, all of that. So the price of oil is low, because not because the availability is low, but because people aren't buying it. It's a low. It's a it's a fall in demand. Eventually, that demand will reverse. We'll soak up. We'll, we'll use the oil that we have in storage. Um, the as the economy rebounds, it won't be this year. It'll be a few years from now. So, those that wish to invest in oil, please be careful. Things could get far worse than they. In fact, I expect things to get far worse than they are now. So, the price of oil may actually go down. But one of the things that will increase the price of oil, short term, who knows, is chaos in the Middle East. Right now, we're actually looking at the possibility of the House of Saud uh, falling. I mean, we're seeing cracks in the Saudi monarchy. Uh, not all the princes are quite so happy with who's in control now. And the son of the current king, who is the Minister of Defense, is causing a host of trouble, uh, and he's messing up. Or should I say his military is messing up, and so it looks like he's messing up. Uh, the crown prince, who is not, it's kind of interesting, the, the Saudi monarchy is a little convoluted. Uh, the current crown prince isn't, you know, he's feeling threatened, everybody's feeling threatened, and Iran, which has a very low cost of oil production right now, is threatening Saudi Arabia. Of course, you know that in celebration of uh, New Year's, they beheaded like, what, 48, 50 people, and one of them was a mm -hmm. well-loved Shiite cleric. Mm -hmm. And to those who don't know, Saudi Arabia is a Sunni country. And the Sunnis and the Shiites do not like each other, to put it mildly. Right. Saudi Arabia is... is Sunni and the uh, Iranian, uh, Iranian, Iran is Shiite, and this conflict uh, that is uh, between the two nations has the potential to really mess some things up, especially in the uh, when it comes to the prices of oil and the uh, moving it from the Middle East to uh, all across the world, where they uh, through this, the Strait of Hormuz and the uh, Gulf there. It has the potential to really um, create some some problems. Oh yeah, it's actually the interesting thing is I've kind of speculated that uh, that Iran could close off the the Persian Gulf and still sell its oil through its ports uh, outside of the Persian Gulf. I don't know. I mean, I, I find it strange that Iran hasn't invaded and taken over Saudi Arabia before. Although I think that there'd be such a firestorm and a, a civil war among in un, in Islam itself that who knows, whatever. 
the population of Saudi Arabia isn't that much more than the population of Taiwan. In terms of population, Saudi Arabia is a very small country. And their military is horrible. I mean, they really are not... Well, to tell you the truth, the Saudi military is really a pushover. So they shouldn't and I, run around picking fights. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, because actually, uh, for a long time, the Saudi Arabia had to, to rely on mercenaries to fly their aircraft. Uh, they've made a big deal over some of the Saudi pilots that, that fly their F-15s and F-16s, but, uh, look, uh, Saudi Arabia should, should be well aware of how vulnerable they are. And Iran is certainly aware of how easy it would be to take over Saudi Arabia and frankly to just sow discord and civil war in Saudi Arabia. After all, a sizable portion of Saudi population is Shiite. And for other countries in the Gulf, like Bahrain, they're like 75% Shiite, okay? Yet they're ruled by a Sunni uh, monarchy. So there's a lot of interesting possibilities, and of course all of them are extremely unpleasant, those possibilities. And as we see Syria uh, move forward uh, into a very dark future, uh, we'll see some changes. I mean, I, I uh, since the last time that we talked, I had postulated that, that Russia would start supporting the Kurds, and indeed they have been. Uh, 20% of Turkey is Kurdish. So as we see Russia support the independent, the desires for independence of the Kurds, we're going to see a lot of trouble in, in Turkey and, uh, well, there's a, someone went and, uh, showed a picture of Hitler next to the president of Turkey, Erdogan, or mm-hmm. Erdogan. They look so similar. They really do. Uh, check that out. Uh, yeah, I, I would never think that just by you saying it, but, uh, I'm going to look and see if I can find it. Yeah, you can, I, I saw it, I think, on, on Zero Hedge, which is sort of one of my favorite websites. And speaking of Hitler, Hitler is his Mein Kampf, or which is German for my struggle, his book uh, that was sort of the Bible for Nazi Germany is on the rise. It's, it's finally started uh, selling in German bookstores. And... It is the most popular, or one of the most popular books in South Asia, Asia, which is sort of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, places like that. Uh, and in fact, I myself, even, um, we used to do these prayer walks around some of the temples here in, in Taiwan, and I ran across a store that had Nazi flags in the back. And I was shocked. My eyes just popped out. I mean, almost. I mean, it was just... I I was so shocked. There is a misunderstanding of Hitler in the East. They don't really understand what he was, and they have eaten up some of the mystique that surrounds, or the popular mystique that surrounds Hitler among the neo-Nazi types. 
And folks Andrew, on YouTube, we put a picture up uh, from uh, it's Hitler on the left and Erdogan on the right. Erdogan on the right, and they do look very similar. Um, yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, it's just yeah. the only difference is that mustache. It's just that's. But it, the uh, the interesting thing it, it's we're seeing this desire for a strong leader. I mean, that's always been something that that has been popular among East Asians anyway. This kind of of the the great father, although that's not really something, you know. That when or although in China it's it's the um, the anointed son of heaven kind of thing. So, and also since Hitler, and this is another thing that just every time I see it, I, I just cringe, but uh, the swastika, and this is another interesting tidbit of information that, you know, your our listeners can, uh, can sort of share. Uh, the swastika is a natural symbol, uh, comes mm-hmm. from India. Uh, it is, it's a symbol often used for vegetarian restaurants here in Taiwan and in other places. So if you see the swastika, you know it's probably a vegetarian or sort of a semi-Buddhist, Buddhist vegetarian place. And the, and another piece of interesting information is depending on which direction the swastika is turning, it's male or female. Okay, so if you wanted to know the difference between it, I always wondered what that was, and it was just not that long ago that I discovered that the difference is there's a male swastika and a female swastika. Don't ask me. Don't I, I don't know which is which. I just look at it and I just shudder. But uh, Hitler chose that symbol for a purpose. It's a good luck charm. It's a symbol of power and energy and whatever. And so he chose it and... They, I think, East Asians kind of identify with that. So, who knows? Whatever it is, I th- there's a dark movement going on, and I I just don't like this rise of of Hitler. And as we see, and as I'm seeing, more anti-Semitism rising among the alternative media. You oh, know this absolutely. Yep. And it's it's cloaked in. And as someone who's, I mean, I lived in Israel for 15 years. Okay, so I can actually talk about what the Jews are really like. Okay? I mean, I have ultra-Orthodox friends who are Jewish. No, I have friends that are ultra-Orthodox Jewish. Sorry. And I have friends that are on the completely other side who hate ultra-Orthodox Judaism, but are still, but they're still Jews. I have I have friends from both sides I and, and everywhere in the middle. They are not like what the anti-Semites and anti-Israel types are saying. They are normal people just like you and me. But there's this growing movement in the alternative media to try and tarnish, you know, a, a, an already abused image of Israel. And it, it's this this growing hatred is extremely disturbing. Not because Israel is going to be abused; God will take care of that. I am concerned for the hearts and souls of our brothers and sisters in Christ because they are they're being convinced to look at things in an unbiblical way. Yeah. Sort of like, um, like. You know, oh, the Jews are so awful, God would never save them. 
Oh, okay, right. So sort of like, you know, you and I, how awful we were before we were saved, that doesn't matter. It's just those Jews are not, not they're just too awful for God to actually save them. Oh, God would yeah. never do that. Even though it and, says none are good. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and that leads me to another point. Notice that how I chase rabbits, that's just me. Uh, there is this guy, and it is, you, you do a search on YouTube. Do a search on YouTube for David Wood, how I became or why I am a Christian, or how I became a Christian. It is the most eye-popping testimony that I have ever seen in my entire life. This man was one of the most evil people you can imagine. He was a vile, disgusting creature, and he describes what he was. And see, I knew him. I knew they didn't know him personally, but I knew of him before he gave that testimony. And my jaw just dropped open. I could not believe that he was as evil as he was before he came to Christ. And then when he came to Christ, he became a wonderful person. So, please, everybody, go to... Uh, actually, I should, you know, since I'm here, I'll, I'll just do a search for David Wood. Uh, okay, so I'll make sure that I get this right. I routinely uh, give this video in some of my uh, classes. Why? Yes, this is it. Why I am a Christian, David Wood, former atheist. So if you put those that search term in there, he he's a part of the Acts17.net or acts17.net. He is he is involved in Christian apologetics. He's a wonderful guy, and that is to me, one of the greatest examples of the power of Christ to change your life. And so those of you that are cynical about Christianity and, oh, is this really, is it really true? Is really is Jesus really real? Well, I can tell you that he is, and that man's life is a living example of what God can do to change someone who is evil to true goodness. So and, I, I'm just—that's awesome, um, and that is something that uh, you know happens quite frequently, where the Lord will use somebody who you would never—not only is it, were they not believers, but they were almost inherently evil. And a good example of that is, you know, in the uh, New Testament, where God used people who persecuted Christians to become some of the most you know stark advocates for Christianity in their teaching and, and um even in our own lives you know the Lord will turn uh, a situation where you know we're just behaving terribly and, and doing whatever we want sin is rampant in our lives and, and he'll show us some revelation that will change our lives and if you know it sometimes he needs those people who have been on that other side in order to um, so we can witness that transformation and, and hear those testimonies and I am going to check that out David Wood, why I have become a Christian and uh, Mr. Little we only have a few minutes left and I didn't mean to cut you off there mid-thought but I wanted to also uh, point people to your website omegashock.com and we didn't have time to get into it but the article A Spiritual Battle 
is excellent. I would uh, ask everybody to check that, check that article out and uh, consider what he's writing and, and what, what the message is there. It's so important in our in our time. And we got uh, two and a half minutes left, John. I'm going to let you take it away. Well, the most important thing of all, and, and the reason why I wrote that article on Friday, well, I'm sorry, today for you guys, <laughs> is uh, just the spiritual battle that we are all in. Remember, of all the preparations that we can do, of all the things that we talked about in this hour, being close to the Lord is the most important thing that you can do. Our life is short. Eternity is long. And we must choose the Lord. We must walk closely with Him. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing more important than that. So please, everybody, whatever you do, please get close to God. Read your Bible every day. I mean, I, we started a new sort of round of Bible reading from the one-year Bible. I highly recommend that book. Please read your Bible. Read all of it, the Old Testament and the New Testament. God will speak to you through his words. And so I highly recommend that. I so. couldn't uh, give any better advice myself. And in fact, I need to take your advice. <laughs> and, yes! Uh, get into the, Joe, I mean, read your Bible! You know... Uh, we go through ups and downs as individuals, as uh, you know, um, as a group of believers, as non-believers. The the it, whatever's happening in life, however chaotic it seems, and right now, like I was telling our uh, tech Eric, uh, my brain's like a scrambled egg. Um, right. No matter how bad things get or how good things are, we always have to remain in the Word. Otherwise, we will lose our our focus. We will lose our footing, and uh, that's where the devil can uh, really start directing our lives as if when we get out of that that fundamental and uh, you know those precepts of the Lord absolutely so God bless every one of you may the Lord keep you and guide you in the dark days of head Mr. Little thank you so much for uh, this hour you have a wonderful day in uh, uh, Taiwan and we will see you again soon. Folks, OmegaShock.com is his website. Bookmark that site and check out his latest article, A Spiritual Battle. It's just a great write-up and for us a great way to close the week. I want to thank JD. I want to thank Eric and everybody out there who has uh, prayed and sent their uh, emails of concern and support for Renee. We thank you for all of it. We could not do this without you. And we will be back next week. Have a good night, everyone. This is the Global Star Radio Network.